This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. going on everybody welcome back to the project manga podcast where we cover ayashimon mission Yozakura, family jujutsu kaisen dr stone my hero academia and one piece week to week back this week covering weekly shonen jump issue number 11 i'm your host eagle Knox, and Melo yenis and back for another episode joining us again this week is shonen og what's up man thanks for coming on the show Eel, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Glad, glad to be here a second time, and I'm very excited for this week. Yes, yes. And of course, we will put any relevant links and stuff like that down in the description box so you can follow all of Shonen OG's stuff and check out the stuff he does. And as usual, while you are down there, you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts, such as Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast upon, as well as ways to support the show, like our Patreon or our online store. So, with all that said, fabulous week in Jump. Holy shit, guys. No Jujutsu in this week, but we didn't cover last week, so, you know, we're going to throw that in here, you know, as a courtesy. Because uh, we love y'all. <laughs> Hell yeah. Massive <laughs> week to have OG here for Dr. Stone yes. talk, because holy moly yes. is Dr. Stone giving us everything right now. Chapter 12 of Ayashimon, Big Wings. Hell yeah. Yes, yes. And I don't know, I, I hate to just kind of jump right into the middle of the chapter here, but like this information had me so hyped that we got here on page nine. Yeah, this is big. That the heads of the like kind of individual organizations were all associates and kind of employees of Kyo's like heads in his organization. Yeah, that's great info to get. Yes, yes. And... I don't know, it just, it just further piques my curiosity to learn more about these characters and, like, obviously Keo through them yeah. and what he was really about. You know, I, I'm, I'm of the mind that I don't think he was necessarily, like, a super shitty father. He was doing what he did more so to protect Urara. So I think, yeah. you know, to get an introspective look into more of that through these characters over time is yeah. going to be uh, something I really like to see. So that's actually a really good point. I think that's a really cool way to, like, give information about, like, us, you know, purposely enigmatic, mysterious character like Chairman Keo is you get little bits and pieces through the people that were close to him, which yes. was, like, really cool to get that information, like you were saying, about how, like, the B-Stars and Todoroki Alliance heads were all, like, you know, the wings of Chairman yes. Keo or whatever. Like, that's, like, so cool. Because what that, what that kind of tells me is is like now we're going to get like a it's going to be a lot more political than I thought that it was going to be like originally and and we could assume that it was going to be rather political as soon as all of the factions were kind of introduced but mm -hmm. knowing that they're so close to chairman Keo kind of makes me look at like the dopo situation a little bit differently because he's this wildly powerful oppressive new head of Enma and everyone else 
who knows, like, are they all expelled from, like, the inner circle of Chairman Keo's original guard? Or, like, we haven't really gotten too much of, like, a overhead view of Enma since Ke uh, since Dopo kind of took over. So I don't think we, like, we know that he has his little group, like, next to him, a big fist guy, and then that one girl. But, like, mm -hmm. if we get, like, a big, you know, um, focus into, like, a meeting room of everybody related to the Enma Syndicate, like, will we see any of these other heads of these, like, clans kind of still chilling is kind of my question right now. Because yeah. because that could, like, while Maruo is doing all of this, like, meat-headed punching of all of these enemies and whatnot, it'd be cool to have, like, nuanced political infighting, you know, in the background building up the world and making that more interesting while we have so much like generic shonen stuff kind of like in your face i think that'd be cool to build it like mm -hmm. that but we haven't gotten anything on the uh the scar guy on the far right sitting next to the um cory hotel oh. guy yeah so he's he... he could be you know a potential kind of hanger on in the organization with dopo or maybe even split off and did his own renegade thing um my biggest, like, point of curiosity with that, like, I guess is I was looking at this dude to begin with because he's really, like, with designs of characters in anime and manga, you can kind of fairly often tell which ones are the important ones, even in, like, a, a spread of characters. There, there'll just be characters that stand out because they're supposed to. And uh, on page nine here, we get the dude, like, behind Kyo to his, to his left, our right, that Maro specifically notes as like, have we seen this dude before? Do we? Is this Dopo? I or think it's this, Dopo. It kind of does look like Dopo. It looks but like at a young time, Takio's yeah. right next to the Todoroki Alliance head. Takio, no, Takio's left behind the Cory Hotels guy. Oh, not the oh. big dude right behind him, but like yeah. in between Kyo and the Cory Hotels guy. The one that uh, they kind of zoom in on 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 exactly. Maro's like, yes. yeah, have I met this guy before? Where have I seen him? Yeah. Oh, damn, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, holy shit. I think so. Dopo, think so, most likely, like, I guess. But very similar. Yeah, the hair color, at least. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. And the texture, it's, like, wavy and stuff. So, like, yeah. a little more distinctive. I think it's really good. Um, I am fascinated by this chapter and the fact that, like, they got an easy win, but it's a conditional win. And I oh, like how yeah. uh, Koton is operating. I think yeah. that's hilarious. I love Cotone. Cotone, however you say it. Cotone, yeah. Cotone, yeah, is how I was saying it in the, in the reaction, but yeah, just basically everything about him so far, I'm, I'm really liking. His character design, his, the, you know, the way he kind of speaks and his mannerisms. Obviously, I love that, mm -hmm. uh, what is it? School rumble, I think, Knox, is the term you've used to describe that genre, like Tokyo oh, Avengers. Yeah, like delinquent shit is just delinquent is what it's called. Shit, yeah. I, oh, I, I have said like school rumble before, but yeah, it's just delinquent manga, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Kongo Basho, just, but like that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, the delinquent energy. Definitely, mm -hmm. definitely love it from uh Cotone. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. OG, how do you feel about Ayashimon, bro? I don't think we uh, I've ever talked to you about like Ayashimon since it came out. No, I just caught up to it recently. I think it's fun. I think yeah. it's a lot of fun to read. Um, I had never read Yuji Kaku. I had never read um. Oh, oh Chigo Kuraku, Hell's Paradise. Yeah, so I never read that. Ooh. So um, 
reading this like following this art style for the first time i could definitely tell that they had worked with um uh fujimoto because yeah. you can see it not just in like the lining and all that but um most uh definitely in the the facial expressions i feel yeah. like you see a lot in that especially like the mouths but yeah, more yeah. specifically about the story it's a lot of fun to read um i like the main character and then specifically to this chapter i liked how it ended because uh the new character in the biker gang he was like all right well I'm going to help you guys. And he's like, well, don't worry. I got this handled, so you can go. Like, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's not your problem anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I like that because yeah, it you... sets up, like, the next chapter to be like, okay, this dude doesn't like Maru over 10. And then, it, obviously, Maru is going to prove his worth to, you know, Katone in the next chapter in some kind of way. He'll probably beat up, like, maybe not Katone himself, but, like, just some other dude. I don't know. It seems like they're getting pretty close to each other. Like they might start swinging on each other, which would be really cool to see too. But yeah, Katone yeah. is low key Denji. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Black hair. Exactly Denji. like him, bro. Yeah. yeah. I I pulled up Chainsaw Man right now. I'm looking at this this picture of Denji, and it's, yeah. it's actually oh, yeah. crazy because of his teeth. Yeah, he kind of yeah. looks a lot like him. I think a lot of the similarities in the art come from like Fujimoto and Yuji Kaku, like not really giving a whole lot of like shading detail to faces. And, like skin you know what i mean you just get like stark whites and like the really rough like pen on you know outline or uh the really rough line work on top of that is like very reminiscent of yeah. uh of you of uh fujimoto tatsuki all the all the facial expressions are very like minimalist feeling or the facial drawings anyway yeah i think that um so when you look at the double uh the 1819, when you look at 18, you can see his fingertips become crow-like. Ooh. Like talons of a thing. I think he's um, a Kotengu. Koton, Kotengu. Oh. Um, they are known as like savage bird yokai. Um, they're like the Krotengu, and then... Krotengu. Yeah, they're prone to violence. They're savage. The, their appearance is based off like large predatory birds. So like... Initially, his like wing comment made me think that he was gonna have like be a aviar avian style like yokai. Because at first, I thought he was gonna be like a wheel based yokai. Yeah. Because um, because I thought that the whole gang, the Todoroki Alliance, was like like the Hyakiago, the night parade of a hundred demons. Because they're yeah. talking about like the Black Knight party, and then both the uh, there's the two dudes, the captains and the subcaptain in the gang that are introduced. They, I love that they gave us the name of the thing. So, like, one of them is, like, uh, the Haunted Ox Cart, the Oboro Gururuma. Yep. And that's apparently from, uh, like, old-school taxis um, that would be going through, like, rickshaw-style taxis drawn through, like, tourist spots. Mm. And drivers runners would like bash each other's carts to like cut each other off which i think is very interesting because like road rage and that's like the birth of that yokai oh shit and then because like it's basically a yokai born of the anger of slighted nobles who are like got cut off and like got pissed off wow um oh. and the other guy the old dude uh who's like the old school Waku. biker with like the kind of like mad max like shoulder plate in the medals and stuff. Um, the second team captain. 
Mm-hmm. He's a, a Wanyodo. Wanyodo. I think we had got Wan-Yudo. one of those in One Piece recently too. They did. Yeah. I remember that from the Wano arc. Um, Brooks like cut through him and like froze him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a burning wheel. Yokai, they come from hell. They speed around. I was like, all right, I'm sensing a, a wheel based theme. I get it. And so I was like, I don't know. But then the wings come and it got me thinking. The stockier one like has like an actual like giant wheel, wheel on him. On him, yeah. And but not... he's got the flame decal head bandana too. So yeah. I was like, ah, that's cool. I like that. Dude, that's really dude, if you if that's a if he's a Wan Yudo type yokai, like that's gonna be a, a very impressive spot, bro. Holy shit. Just off no, the details I mean... of the design, that shit would be or unless it already's insanity. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Which I appreciate from that. Yeah, it totally does say it right there. Wow, okay. Yeah, I love that, though. Because it's like, I was like, oh, thank God. I don't have to, like, go through a giant list of, like, yoga. And I'm like, is this the one? No. Reading the description. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah. okay, it's nice yeah. To have it does theme. give them the card there with, like, their shit. I completely forgot about that. But yeah, I was yeah. wondering with Katone, because, like, there's that scene where, um, where he, like, goes to go grab uh maruo and like throw him away or whatever and he was like huh he was he was way too far away to reach me and it shows his arm like you know his arm clearly stretched to grab him and throw him but the way that the arm is coming back makes it feel like it like unraveled like like yarn or like string i don't know how to explain it really but like that panel oh it looks like an ajin like um, oh yeah yeah like an ajin too yeah that's a good one yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even spot that. His arm is like kind of apart in that yeah. bottom left hand. Like it's hollow. Like a odd. Yeah. yeah. That's that's fucking um, cool. Oh shoot. Let's see. I'm reading the the Kotengo thing. They have little respect for humans. They feast on human flesh. Uh, favorite games: abducting people to drop them from great heights deep in the woods. Mm. And I'm Damn. like, ah, oh, that's cool. He has reach. Yeah, uh, he just picks. He just picks Maro up and flies him over some woods. Like you want to die, bitch? Yeah, I'll drop al- you right here. He also has these crow-like, like bird yeah. feet kind of fingers, though. At the same time, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I when you when you had said that, and I went a page back to like look at the scene of him grabbing and throwing Maro, I was like, maybe these are like, maybe these are his wings coming out right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, if he's like this bird crow kind of like yokai thing, like. His, his I mean, extended could reach potentially... could be like his arm turning into a wing and it just having more reach and wingspan. But now I don't know with this like unraveling effect on this panel. What were you saying, Eagle? Yeah, could potentially be maybe some reptilian fingers too. You never know. Oh, shit. Like, like scaly yeah. kind of tight mm-hmm. feet, like lizard feet. You know, they're not necessarily like they kind of got these like folds here that you see. Yeah. Um, and yeah, on, on page 18 as well, like you see it almost looks like uh, the bandages that aizawa uses on his arm like it's definitely unraveling yeah mm-hmm. i think that's a really good spot for sure yeah it's like coming um, back together on like 18 it's like going back to normal or whatever and then like that on hand. 17 at the bottom left it's like yeah you can apart. see chunks of it missing and then on 18 yep. it's just a close-up of his arm and you can see it looks like a bandage wrapped around yep yeah it does wow but also now that you mentioned the reptilian possibility does kind of look like Komodo dragon feet in his hand. A little kind of bit. Like, that's but... kind of like how like Komodo dragon fingers <laughs> go into the claws or whatever a little bit. Maybe I'm only thinking about that because I just saw that like 
funny ass picture of that impossibly thick Komodo dragon looking back at the camera. I don't know if you guys saw that on Twitter. I or saw not, that. But... That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, wait a minute. That kind of looked like Komodo fingers. Hold on. Thick. But yeah, I don't know. Kotengu's, uh, their weakness is that they're brashly overconfident. So I was like, this is, I don't know, it's keeping with the vibe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I love the representation just... of, like, their kind of, um, you know, squad. Like, like they feel like so much more of, like, a team now. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot in the visual. I feel like for me more than more than the dialogue, but Maruo like turning the page in from five into six, and Maruo's face is just like right there in front of the wheel as he's guarding Urara, and then mm -hmm. you know just no dialogue, barely any sound effects like for this whole page until Katone starts talking again. It's just like Maruo's like, nah, you're not, nope, you're not doing this right now. Like this my this my this my big sister, bro. Like and he low key boom blitzed in front. Yeah, too, like. yeah. He's like, I'm holding her down. And then he picks her up, too. He's like, this is my little sister, man. Or this is my big sister, man. I'm her bodyguard. You know what I'm saying? Get away. You know, you're not touching her type shit, you know? And the, mm -hmm. this in the art is just, like, feels so good. And, like, this whole confrontation, this close-up, like, face-to-face -face confrontation between Maruo and, and Katone, where they just both just feel so dominating in their own way. Katone, obviously, because he has, like, all of the aura and like regal presence of a gang leader and then maruho just like i'll oh, fold your shit right now bro like just <laughs> no emotion like i will crease your shit if you take any more steps towards my sister and he's like dude space but then also makes a comment like this really is like some street punk manga shit you know what yeah, I'm right? so, he's like <laughs> <laughs> so he's still maruho but like i feel like he's evolving as a character mm -hmm. for me that cares for urara and cares about this team at this point not just looking so much for people to punch to feel like he's getting things or just feel like he's like living life properly but now he's also just like no nah, this my, these are my people I'm, I'm gonna hold them down no matter what now you know what i mean i just love getting that feeling without it being so shouty and in your face like mm -hmm. that kind of situation usually isn't shown in a little bit more subtle. i love how cold his line is like not really i knew you weren't gonna hit us not that it'd do much even if yeah. you did yeah. and he's <laughs> like dude you're taking like a motorcycle to the face i get that like and i just think about um the first chapter where he just goes from business to business destroying things right and i'm like you know what yeah you know what that's fair that's fair i can take that yeah. he probably can he's probably been run over like four times dude uh man yeah what do you guys think? How do you guys think the next chapter goes? Do you guys think Mario fights Katone? <laughs> like for I like, don't know. Do they have a little it's, scuffle? I think maybe, you know, they might have a little scuffle. And, and Katone, you know, with the delinquent vibes, he seems like a character that, you know, through machismo could be not easy to win over, but yeah. not impossible. Right. You know? I feel like we're going to have a flip side to his personality that is just going to be like either like slightly funny or something where like once he's like actually cool with Maruo and we get past this like veil of gang leader, he's going to have like a really funny quirky like trait or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that would be cool too, but I don't know if he's going to, I feel like Maruo might just swing on him. We might get to see a little bit like of what, um, you know, Katone's yokai form looks like. I can also see Maruo going to, you know, attack Katone and then maybe one of Katone's like, 
whatever that one dude's name is, his draken, basically. <laughs> I can see yeah. his I can see his draken stepping in like, nah, bro, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna touch my leader. You're gonna you gonna you're gonna, you know, throw hands with me first and then maybe yeah, you see something the, like the that. The right hand's gonna throw one. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Could be something. No, like but that. I think that's a really good point you brought up with the potential of Catone being a little more lighthearted and goofy under the the thick skin because the character that we see from him in this chapter is actually like a direct contrast to what we see, you know, looks like the person he is in the photo. Oh yeah, like the photo. Like, ah, happy go lucky. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And he's just like mm. in this chapter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I think it makes sense because to... of Keo's death and the new situation inside of the underworld. So he has to like keep up a, an air of whatever, you know, externally. But then, yeah, yeah, the more we learn about him, that's a great spot on the picture because that is so telling visually. You're totally right, I think. Man. Yeah, for sure. I. Oof. Yeah. I think he's going to like have to like do. Because like the way they're set up as like. Uh... Like one of those Bosozoku gangs, mm-hmm. um, it rem- and like Waku especially reminds me of like those patch clubs for motorcycle groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if they're gonna do kind of that classic punk thing, where they do like they jump his ass, and if he survives, it'll be like, well, you passed your kind of initiation. Ooh thing going on like like waku oboro a bunch of the guys like 20 dudes just wailing on him like to just beat him into the dirt because they're like hey katone said you gotta go you're gonna go and you're going down and like i just imagine where they like they beat on him for like a couple minutes and then maru is just like and i start throwing people (laughs) yeah or like they're done and they stomped him out and they think he's dead or something like that he's just like not moving they're like oh dang i think we killed him and he's just like all right, was that that was everything? I'm in the group. I'm like a part of the I'm team now. <laughs> just I'm like yeah, just like nonchalant. Like, all right, did we do it? Can we can we move on? <laughs> right. he, just, he just looks up and he's like, "Elder sister, can I fight them now?" <laughs> yeah, like can I whoop this dude's ass now? Like what? A... You told me I'm not supposed to fight them. Can no. I do that now? I'm yeah. pissed. <laughs> like, no, I think these they're guys all going to be this much. I think they're all going to be cool. I don't think it gets too crazy on the physical side of things next chapter. I think we get, like, light clash. Very yeah. light clash. And then, you know, fucking Kotone sees something in Mario and goes, nah, I'm fucking with all of y'all now. Let's let's get He's to the base like or something. the Sonic rings out of everybody? Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe they do just send waves of fodder biker guys to, to jump on them for one reason or another. But I'm feeling pretty confident that he either throws hands with Kotone a little bit or he throws hands with uh with that dragon cat. I'm about to just go get his name real quick because I should know. Oboro. Oboro. That's like so easy. Yeah, I think I think he might either Juan Yudo dude or Oboro. I feel like we'll get active in Katone's place yeah. if he doesn't throw hands himself. But oh man, ah, uh, one thing that I was gonna predict is that I think that Maruo is gonna like show off the Irizumi that he got in the previous chapter when Ten was like surfing through the subways and stuff because they're talking it's like hey man getting this is no easy weight and so like with katone talking about like wings and then i think that like maruo showing off his own back where wings would be and showing off the Irizumi, he's like hey man like i'm legit i'm legit i i was given i've i've sipped the cup i have been given the ink oh yeah the other sister this is my burden 
I'm showing you my resolve and I will take down as many people, as many of you as I need to. Mm. Yeah, because they got tats, right? Didn't they, wasn't there like a tattoo scene a couple chapters ago, or yeah. maybe last chapter? Last chapter, Mauro got one. the back tat. Yeah, yeah. So wasn't that? Wasn't he saying? Wasn't Catone saying something to him like, "You don't"? He doesn't even have anything on his back or whatever. Hold on a second. There was some kind of dialogue in here to where He's Catone like, was saying something. I don't see something. wings on them. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was saying something about like these guys don't look official. They don't yeah. look certified or whatever. So I that, don't see nothing on these two losers' backs. Yeah, so I think he definitely like gets takes his shirt off mm -hmm. and like you know like yo I'm tatted up. I drank the sake cup. Yeah, I think I think it goes like that too. That would be really cool to get next chapter. Yeah, I just like, I, I want to see that because like like check it out. I'm bona fide. I'm fascinated by like the social rituals yeah. that like groups like this have. Um. Which I think is just really, really interesting. And then yeah. I like the closing, the clothing in like all, like all these episodes. There's so much drip and like <laughs> yeah, they're so drippy. They're so they're Biker so. Biker gangs are always gonna just slap on the drippy. Ain't side nobody of touching Catone though, man. Yeah, Catone's got the the best design for sure, for sure. Yeah, he better. <laughs> leaders, yeah, leaders should be the drippiest. I want to say. Yeah. Like Sometimes it's not days. like that though. You though. Talk about yeah. Gecko Moria. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. I mean, he's Danny DeVito shaped. It's I fine. mean, like if he wasn't built like a damn bowling pin, I bet. <laughs> I bet that shit would look a little bit better. <laughs> oh man, I'm fucking dead. And like, I like the the fact that like Ten and Maruo are basically like like modern era like gangsters because like like the classic hawaiian shirt with yeah. like the undershirt and then um tens like kind of like slav squat tracks yeah he looks like a like a like a you know fucking like a mob guy like a default a like i don't know you know like a pokemon trainer almost you know what i mean yeah. like he's got like a little baby's first gta yeah it's like reminded me of something you know like a Pokemon's the only thing that comes to mind right now. But... He's the errand boy to a cigar shop. <laughs> yeah, type <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was just like, yeah, get him. Yeah. Hell yeah. OG, you got anything else for uh, for Ayashimon this week, bro? Got any other thoughts? I will say the trip is on point. Oh, um, yeah. Especially because Katone, he's so macho. He is wearing the jacket but then he's just not wearing any shirt under it so yeah. you see the jacket but then it's just all abs yeah like, that's right like uh like dennis from always sunny he's like you gotta wear the duster without <laughs> the, duster. the shirt on <laughs> exactly Ooh, hell yeah. but i think that about does it for ayashimon this week uh uh yeah i think i'm good all right well with that i think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 117 of mission yozakura family disappearance How'd you guys feel about this chapter? I mean, I that I, I was really just really said really twice, but I've been looking forward to the discussion with yeah. you guys about this chapter because I just I don't know, it wasn't that interesting to me while I was reading it. I oh really? Honest. I mean, it, this is the one that kind of felt like it was setting up to go into a more serious story arc. Yeah, so like, exactly. so like that that, and it's like Kyoichiro. I don't know. I think it's funny that there's like a D Kyoichiro effect. Like this literally, is like so toxic. Yeah, like that exactly. Like his toxicity <laughs> and his presence is just like so drastic that as soon as he leaves, everybody's bodies and minds like go into like <laughs> a, a completely different state. Yeah, like just like 
total catharsis like he's gone holy shit but then when he leaves he fucking makes sure you think about him the entire time he's gone and it's just like you're the worst but that's so funny (laughs) that's his red flag baby (laughs) oh man no fuck i hate this i hate this episode because like we were talking about it the last couple chapters we're just like oh man koichiro is getting a lot of focus is this a death flag? Oh <laughs> yeah, Who, someone flag? did bring that. Was that you that brought that you, up? I, oh, it was no. you and me. We've been bouncing that idea back and forth for a minute. I we're don't just like, want that to be a thing. And I was like, this this seems like a death flag. I feel like this is a death flag. And they're like, no, no, it's just a little little limelight. I'm like, but what? Why is he all? Why three chapters in a row? Yeah, of just like no. hardcore Kyoichiro stuff. Like yeah, and then like the theme of this chapter you know, being like, they're so relieved that he's gone. And then that's going to contrast the idea that like, something's wrong. You're gone. You're gone, period. And like, they'll like, things aren't the same when he's away. Things won't be the same when he's gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I feel like it's going to be something like that. Um, Wow, that'd be be... crazy, man. Now that, man, now that we're talking about it again, it's like, I can't help but feel like it seems like so much more likely before. I I, I used to be like, there's no way any of the Yozakura family members are going to die. It's not that kind of series. Like, they're all making it to the end. Happy family type, happy ending. Regardless of what happens in the middle, like this family, you know, is going to be straight by the end. You know what I mean? But if Kyoichiro goes, that would be such a major major decision you know inside the story that'd be like holy shit that would have that would shake the streets up for sure yeah i don't know that i would like that man i kind of i'm fine i I feel like i I would like a relationship with with kyoichiro Mm -hmm. but i feel like that could be a good impetus to the situation i was talking about with tayo where he kind of like passes the torch in a way you know and says like okay you know you're the man of the house i'm about to die you got to look after my sister now, and I, you know, you've proven that you can. So, do the job right, type shit. Finally, like, kind of respects him on his way out. Yeah, and I and like all of the character interactions in this chapter around like people's, um, the family members' kind of uh, perception of Kyoichiro just like slap super hard because it's like they're all being super wholesome while thinking of things that you know, um thinking of things that like Kyoichiro does in their daily lives that's also like annoying but also a trait that like they love about him at the same time almost between the lines Mm -hmm. so like you were saying it's a love-hate relationship that you have with Kyoichiro I think that's how we are kind of all supposed to feel about him right now you know by this point in the story because he's got a lot of wholesome storytelling like when he when he when he turned into a baby for a chapter and his interactions with Nanao recently and like now this mm-hmm. situation here is just giving you so many reasons to care about him more as a character you know what I mean but the entire series up until this point has been like holy shit Kyoichiro kind of sucks even though like there's a charm to him there for most of the series I've been like I don't know if I really like this dude you know what I mean and now yeah. the, like the last couple of months of of Yozakura family have been like, oh no, Kyoichiro's actually like, you know, just as good of a family member as like everybody else, you know? And yeah. and if that is leading into, you know, a fucking, his Tragic death, death. that's just insane to me. I mean, <laughs> Goliath looking like an absolute king this chapter. Yeah, Luscious. Goliath, yeah, look at Goliath. Uh, uh, yeah, his his little mane, his coat is glistening. That's a pet the Kyoichiro effect. 
Yeah. OG, you just recently caught up in Yozakura family too. How do you feel about this one? Um, just generally about Yozakura family. Yeah. I think it's really good. I agree with uh fans of the series. I think it's definitely definitely underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets compared to Spy Family a lot, and I think there's a lot of similarities. One of the big ones being, especially in this chapter, there's a lot of like just dumb humor. Um, you saw that with like the stress, <laughs> <laughs> like uh the main character, like literally, like if you look at stress at all. You see that like stress literally kills people. Yeah. So it was funny mm-hmm. to see that like, oh, his breathing and his heart rate went down seventy percent from yeah. not having the stress. Like, um, bro, are you okay? Like, have you been like you no. have been okay? I thought that was hilarious. We saw his favorite movie, okay? He's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Tayo's not alright. Oh He's yeah, Tayo's favorite movie was Tyo's like super dark and shit. Page thirteen, the man in the crowd. Let's talk about oh, yeah. Yeah, Momo is, like, chilling, like, right now, which was, like, you know, the indicator that we're about to start moving into a little bit more serious storytelling, and then obviously by the end of the chapter, we know that that's pretty much guaranteed for the next at least chapter, you know what I mean? I, I, I think that since we've been in such a long, you know, slice of life, you know, sibling pair up, you know, get to know them better kind of, uh, kind of storytelling that. I don't know if we're moving into, like, the end of the series, but, like... I think we've spent so much time with this kind with these kind of chapters that I think we can be confident that we'll get like, you know, another fucking like front lines tier arc, you know, mm-hmm. story arc that we're moving oh, into absolutely. or or yeah, or higher, you know what I mean? So that's it's really exciting. Yeah. It's gonna be a raid. I'm excited for that because then like the fights can last like three chapters. It's gonna be really solid. Um and like they're in that uh i like the little like blooming blooms right outside the cave he's just like i'm in the right spot this shit's growing so like you guys think he's going to confront momo or do you think that like we're going into the next um you know descendant of the first mother you know how like we there was like all of those uh you know descendants that parallel current Yozakura mm-hmm. family, you know, members? What if we're going into the Kyoichi row one right now, where it's like I the descendant like that mimics him? a descendant mm. or Momo. It's either that or the other. Like, yeah. I feel like I can't imagine anything else. Like, he's going after, like, a major root cluster is what he's going against, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull you up from, from your roots, like, de-weed you from the garden of my life and society. Like, yeah. Oh, man. It's just like... And, like, the fact that he took the family photo just seems like, you know... Based off, like, what I see in movies, it's like, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a huge red flag. That's flaggy. Uh, a super flaggy, it's so flaggy, man. Yeah. It's so flaggy. And I'm like... But, like, you know, we used to talk about how in, like, Black Cover, no matter how bad things are, nobody dies. Like, Gaja and stuff. Yeah. So, like, the, if, if Yozakura family does kill Koichiro, I'm going to have a lot of respect for it, and I'm going to mm. be sad. I'm going to be sad about it. Sad so I'm going to sure. respect that decision a lot, because it takes a lot to, like, yeah. kill off a main character. Yeah. Like, a real main character. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, damn. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I agree 100% yeah. with, that, with that notion. That sentiment. Mm-hmm. Anything, uh, OG, anything, like, crazy, like, stand out to you in this chapter specifically? Not much else that hasn't already been said. I definitely yeah. think 
Mello's making a good case for this. Like, I didn't really see it until we started talking about it, but this definitely feels like we were set up to have our, uh, to lose our guard because it was way too casual of a chapter. Then you have all these red flags and then the chapter ends and he's by himself. It's like, oh. Such an ominous tone. Yeah. At the end Mm -hmm. of the chapter. Yeah. Especially after so many, so many wholesome family chapters you go into and end this chapter with. You know, like, hey, is everything, like, all right with Kyoichiro? And then he's just in front of a dank, dark cave. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, no. And you wonder, he, like, kind of taps his pocket, and then you hear, like, a shift, shift, like, maybe maybe he takes the picture out of his pocket and, like, looks at it as yeah. he walks into the cave, you know? Yeah, and, like, what's he touching yeah. is, like, his, I thought it was, like, a heartbeat at first, but usually heartbeats are represented, like, ba-dum. You know what I mean? Like, you get, yeah, like... His- He's like tapping his breast pocket, and then maybe he reaches yeah. in, pulls the picture out, and then you get the shh shh. Yeah. With the oh no! It's gonna you know? be that scene where he's on the ground, bleeding out. The f- f- photos near his hand. It's got no. a little splatter of blood right over his face, <sighs> and the picture. And you're like, no! And the family finds him. They're like, you sons of bitches! You killed my beautiful boy. He's not dying before he opens those eyes. I'll tell you that right now. We're getting a full power Kyoichiro fight, and those eyes are going to open. Satoru Gojo eyes. Just... Yeah, and it's going to be crazy. He might give, just because of how long it's taken Hitsuji Gondaira to show us his eyes, he might be, might be, you know, when he finally does, Gojo might, you know what I'm saying? Might, well, have, a, might have a contender, you know, um, for you know, best eyes in recent like jump Momo. memory or whatever. I think he's going to have eyes very similar to Momo. Oh, sure. Because, like, Momo has, like, very piercing eyes. And, yeah. like, he isn't... He's similar to Kiyochiro, so I think it would be interesting if he's, like, more like... Yeah. I'm just thinking... The father like, that left. We haven't seen, you know, Kyo, Kyoichiro's fucking... I don't know what their special techniques are called off the top of my head because it's been so long since we've seen them. Oh, like, the his overdrive. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. His bloom. Like, I don't, we haven't seen his bloom still, right? No. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the no. bloom is 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 in his eyes to some degree for some reason or another. Like it's that's gonna be, and so like since I think that his bloom is associated with his eyes when he finally opens them, I think they'll be like so crazy. I don't think I'll I don't think we'll be able to see any kind of like Momo at all. Well, no, that's not true because even if his bloom is in his eyes and he opens them and his bloom is active and they're doing something crazy, we might get like Kyoichiro at rest with his eyes open and not blooming. And then we could see, like, a huge resemblance to Momo in that way at that time. Yeah. But, yeah, I like that. I imagine though. his eyes are going to be, like, pink, like Sakura petals or something Ooh. like that. Man, when was the last time I saw pink eyes in anything? Uh, Kaiju number eight, Captain and Rumi. Mm-hmm. When he was using the retinal nice. weapons. Yeah, Hell But, yeah. like, I was just thinking of, like, I don't know, um... One of my friends, I played with one of my friends is like pet rats, and I was thinking about like how mice have uh, pink eyes, and I was just like, "That's cute." Wait, all um, mice? Not or all. Or just mice. like albino ones, I thought. Yeah, like yeah. those white mice have pink yeah. eyes, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, that's super cute." Like, yeah. I feel like that would work. And then, oh god, there's something that's really humanizing on page nine. Yeah. That I love, um, and the fact that like. Mitsumi's like, I loose up in a lot of ways because it's like your appearance, your posture, your speech and how like, because we talk about how like Mitsumi is always like considered like very prim, very proper, like, uh, you know, very poised Mm -hmm. character. 
you know, almost idyllic. And so I love the fact that it's literally just social pressures within the family right. that mm -hmm. are causing her to be like that. And otherwise, she's like, I'm just going to chill out, sleep yeah. on my stomach, eat chips. Yeah, hand down the pants with the fucking bucket of ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what pant life. Yeah. And I'm like, perfect. Yeah, no, I, I didn't even think That's about that. that. I that love is, that. Yeah, I love that too, dude. That's a, mm -hmm. a great call out there. Yeah, everybody's like everybody's little, you know. Like you get like half a sometimes you just get like half a panel of like a reaction of a sibling reacting to something that another sibling said. And it's just like these little tiny like focused comedic drawings like in the background a lot of the time. And I feel yeah. like because of how much time we've spent, you know, fleshing these characters out and and just spending time with them and getting to know who they are that you know, whenever, even if we're focusing on a completely different thing, you'll get, like, these little tiny drawings, these little, like, off-handed panels of, of, of these siblings reacting to things, and it just slaps so hard because of how familiar they are to me. I don't know how to say exactly what I mean right now, but I feel like these characters don't need to have a whole lot of screen time, you know, in a chapter that's focusing on something else entirely for me to feel like their presence is you know, there enough, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to, the series. yeah, you don't have to do too much with them, you know, like, on the sidelines, because they've just been there for so, like, we get them mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. well at this point. I don't know if that made sense, but that's how I feel about it. But... I'm picking up when you put them down. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. I don't think I had anything else for, for Mission Yozakura family, though, this week. Really just ready to see that next chapter and what's inside yeah. this fucking cave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see what's going down with Kyoichiro. But yeah, that's all I had, too. All right, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 174 of Jujutsu Castle. Sendai Colony, part one. Yes. And uh, right, as the, right as the chapter begins, we get this uh, panel of the, the two, two of the main players here in the colony shocked. Like, oh, shit, buddy's, buddy's Shikigami is disappearing. And also, I think confirmation of what Mello was talking about people were saying when I was reacting to it a couple weeks ago that these are the, the Shikigami or the kind of yeah, cursed spirits yeah, yeah. that we saw at that one point. Yeah, I couldn't remember who had pointed it out um, a couple weeks ago in our review. I think it was you, Eagle. I think it was you. You were like, now that I go back to like this page of uh, yeah, I think you went back to the chapter where Kenjaku was walking everybody or was walking people mm -hmm. out of the thing and you were like maybe this giant naked mole rat looking thing is the shikigami that that he was I talking that about that was mellow i maybe was fairly was. sure i don't yeah. want to take false credit i was yeah. fairly sure it was mellow someone brought it up and i was like yo that's wild if that's the case because i could totally see them just like on a fucking track just walking around yeah. a certain perimeter and then obviously that creates like you know the fucking domain like the, yeah the domain uh you know proximity or whatever so i remember being like yo that's super solid whoever brought it up and then to get it like next chapter confirmed just like pretty fire i feel pretty good about that one i was yeah. just like yeah naked more rats let's go yeah. no that was that was good that was real good oh yeah. man i am obsessed with this sorcerer yeah the sky chick bro like i can't remember her name off the top of my head but Something about, like, the gambit eyes, plus the fucking, like, atmosphere, you know, wearing the atmosphere and shit is just, like, so mm. cool to me. I mean, she's basically, like, Storm meets Gambit. Yeah, it's type fantastic. shit. Type like, shit, a little bit, yeah. 
<laughs> or an old X-Man head. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's pr she's too cool for school. Yeah, um, that's good stuff. Also, I like how different uh, the Koganese that they have are the way they look different for every person kind of like like a like a transponder snail like a den den mushi mm -hmm. from from one piece everybody's kogani's got like a little bit of an aesthetic inspiration from its owner right yeah which is really cool or like their response to it because like i like i like how chill the uh skyclad ladies like shigami looks like you know it's yeah. like he's just like hey what's uh you know um yeah and then his eyes are similar to hers in that way and then oh damn yeah yeah he's got like thing... the all white people in the black maybe all i don't know maybe i don't remember too many kogane's not having just like black yeah eyes, but yeah but also like the way that they have screens because like ryu's like ichigoro's uh, Ishigori's, uh, Ishigori, his, Ishigori, yeah. Ishigori um, his has like hard eyes and like presents a screen that like shows him the thing. Whereas her Kogane shows the information in like the circle of its belly. Yeah. Like this little badge thing that it's wearing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Cause it says a Kotsu 35 Sendai. Like, yep. Yep. I'm just like, even the way it presents information is I didn't even notice like, that one. I'm not going to lie to you. That's new for me. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's a cool spot, man. I'm excited. Um, I think she might be unique in that, that like most of them we've seen, I'm pretty sure, are like the top one, where they project a little screen. Yeah, I think I remember that too. Ooh. Do you think that is a reference to what era? sorcerer they're from so modern sorcerers Ooh. would be exposed to computer screens and so we gotta go be... look at reggie's wait hold on Melo. i think you just snapped bro cha, cha, cha. yeah so if you're if you're a modern sorcerer you have a projector screen display and if, if you're, you're old, school. old school it's analog like written almost it's written or like it's the crystal ball because it's the belly or yeah like eagle sphere, check for you know? Re check for reggie's if you can. Pondering my orb yeah, kind of yeah, shit. Yeah. How do you feel about this chapter, OG? I don't have too much to add about the chapter itself, Good. but all I know is when this chapter came out, everyone on Twitter was memeing about how they can't wait to see Kenjaku beat the shit out of Yuta. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god. I'm like, stop. Even if it's going to happen. Even if you yeah. think it's going to be low diff, stop. Why yeah. are you doing this? Don't Nobody had to say that. That's my young boy. Come on, man. I know I love that about Yuta's conviction, though, because it's like, okay, not only is that just cool for his character that he makes a statement like that, uh, and we get a little bit more like introspective, you know, Yuta stuff. That's always good. But it's like, man, like, is he really gonna be all that effective against Kenjaku? Because it's like he already had his time. He already beat, you know, Ghetto. You know what I mean? In Volume mm -hmm. Zero, and he's just not the main character anymore. So now I'm thinking, buck. yeah, now I'm thinking, like, is Yuta just going to die when he tries to confront Kenjaku again? Because it's like, you've already had your time. So it's like, if you're going to, like, shoulder all of this responsibility and just run into the lion's mouth because it's like, I already whooped you once, basically. I know you're not the same character, but, like, you have the same skill set. I'm older now. I'm better now. Like, I could totally see him just being like, I got this. And then just unknown Kenjaku factors just get the better of him and and, pretend, and and he potentially just dies to Kenjaku. I can definitely see that like happening. Cause like Gege's not 
afraid to kill characters, even like wildly important ones. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. relatively important ones, I guess. Yeah. And like I was saying, again, Yuta's already had his time. So it's like, man, I'm like really scared about that, thinking about that. But he's gonna, if he does, he's gonna have him flex like crazy up until that point because like this, this situation where he's like up against Kuroroshi in this chapter so cool is just insane and if we're just gonna just have him flexing in sendai colony until he gets these 400 points like that's gonna be like all the yuta will need if if gege really does mm-hmm. you know make the decision to to kill his character afterwards so like i'm not too worried or upset either way but yeah. i love kurorushi's design yeah, like he's just a good. terrifying like no face kind of dude like I love that Very every single show. eye, yeah, it's like all the eyes are going in different directions. Even like secondary eye, like his like, like tertiary eyes. Yeah, set of eyes is like three eyeballs, four pupils on one orb. Like it's he's so disgusting on page fourteen. Like yeah. he's horrifying to look at, and I love that. Like I can't wait to see that animated. That yeah, movie. I was just gonna say, yeah, like. The swarm of like bugs and stuff. I love how it's like um, very Jinji Ito esque, you know, like like the like or like piranhas where they like skeletonize a man from the inside out and just like a uh, um, very uh, biomega mm. mm-hmm. in that sense. I, I I love the horror in that and like his yeah, the weapon... way this kid gets ate up is just wild, bro. He's like, oh, I got you, and it's just. Like no, yeah. you don't. You have a torso. You have about half a torso and some yeah. arms and d- so, and diminishing. Yeah. I don't know. I thumbed through a bunch of these Reggie chapters, and I don't know that we actually see his pull out a screen. I mean, in the last chapter with him, he's like Kogane, give this guy all my points, and it just pops out, and it's like okay. Yeah. But he doesn't. I, I don't know. I didn't you probably see have him to go to the beginning it. of the fight. Yeah. Like typically, you talk to your Kogane like right before you engage, just to get as much information mm-hmm. you know about. I'm thinking maybe even like in his introduction would be the, where we yeah. should pull and like ask Kogane for some information. Yeah, and don't we don't got to spend too much time on it either. Like if someone in the comments okay. wants to like plug us with that, like that's so cool. Or say. yeah, or we could just like look it up um, ourselves after after the recording. Man. But yeah, as far as like the the. The Kuroshi stuff, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. First off, when he comes out and he's just like, in the fucking water, like, no arms, nothing, like, looking like no face with, with antennae and yeah. shit. I was like, yo. Yeah, what a page that is, dude. Like, not only is his design, like, very, um, there's, like, not a whole lot to it besides the face, but just, like, the shape of the silhouette is just so ominous and just so terrifying. And mm-hmm. you get him, like, solid black silhouette underneath the bridge in the background of the panel, you know, and then you get, like, the full render of him, too. So, like, just cin- like cinematically, like, composition-wise, this was, like, a great page or a great way to compose the page to reveal the official design for Kuroroshi, so it slapped yeah. it hit it did everything it needed to do oh man and they even said how Drew's technique was specifically like a hard counter to it which is why it was kind of laying in dormant yeah it did like a fight or flight response like went off inside of Kuroroshi and he was like hey like I'm cold but like whatever that is like fucks my situation up so I'm going into like hibernation I think that that's mm-hmm. a really cool trait to give to you know, yeah. the first, like, really powerful, sentient curse 
since the curse family you know what i mean since mahito and and dagon and and jogo and shit since all of them left like this is like the first like real deal special grade i feel like we've seen since then like that could potentially be on par in power with them you know what i mean so i'm excited to get more kuro rishi i don't know if he's going to be like that much of a talker like the other members of the curse family was but yeah 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 but it's uh oh i just can't wait to see yuta flexing man i i'm not in the camp that thinks he'll die to kenjaku but it's definitely possible yeah mm -hmm. yeah i gotta and, consider uh, the possibilities because he's i'm also really curious about this festering sword of life or this festering life sword here its design is to me it's like Beautiful. fantastic because yeah. it has the tripophobia like uh like the hole you know tripophobia it's like when you see someone that's like riddled with holes like honeycomb mm. and you see wriggling things underneath oh, like geez. it reminds me of that plus um festering reminds me of the, like a festering wound yeah and that and combined with like the visuals like the tripophobia stuff it reminds me of this species called the blowfly. Mm. They lay their eggs in open wounds. So I imagine the idea of like little maggots growing out of the wounds. So it's like oh, a weapon Jesus. that curses you and then bugs grow out of you and slowly eat you from the inside. Oh my Ooh. god, that like, would be the it, worst way to die possible. It's gonna yeah. look awful. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. But uh... yeah, Festering Life Sword is cool as hell. I, I like the scan. I like the fan translation for uh, for the weapon a little bit more. It's not that crazy of a difference, but it was just Fester Life Blade. I felt like that just like rolled off the tongue better. Maybe it was because I read the the scan first, so that was like the first impression I had of it that that mm -hmm. could be influencing my opinion. But I don't know. Fester Life Blade just slaps a little bit more for me. But as far as like the capability of the weapon. The Festering Life Sword, an Enchanted Blade that mixes life and death. As soon as I read that, I automatically thought of Magi. I don't know how many of us have read Magi all that far into Magi. I know maybe Eagle, I think you watch the anime only. But um, I remember I remember Hakuryu and Judar versus like Aladdin and Alibaba, I think was the matchup. But either way, it was definitely Hakuryu versus Alibaba. And he had this weapon or this technique inside of his vessel that... When it attacks you and it lands, it like separates your consciousness from your body and your consciousness just kind of goes and floats off in limbo forever while your body is just like catatonic laying there. And there's like, there was this crazy dialogue about how there's no way to come back from it once you're affected by it and all that stuff. I can't remember all of like the nuance, like details of the technique, but as soon as I read that like mixes life and death thing, I remember that being a point of that technique in Magi is that like you're kind of like stuck in a perpetual state of life and death or whatever so like i just automatically thought of that as like a potential maybe not inspiration but like mechanically it could work similarly which i think would be crazy because it seems to like ignore your current set of capabilities so like it's as broken as a domain since when it comes in contact with you there's really nothing you can do in in, in my mind like as i'm picturing this just because that like felt like that was kind of the way that it was going in magi too but I think that that's how you, you know, create stakes inside of Yuta matchups because it's like if Yuta is going to be compared to Gojo to this degree, even so much as to say he has more cursed energy than Gojo, you know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. you got to be end of series boss in order to give this kid a hard time then. You know what I mean? You'd think unless you had some kind of gimmicky weapon that 
you know, had some kind of rule ignoring effect on you to where it's like your mana pool doesn't matter. Your technique doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. You get hit by this thing and the effect happens, period. I think that that if if we get some kind of exposition like that inside of the Fester Life Blade, I feel like that will up the tension in in this fight for Yuta, because otherwise I just don't see him having any issues at all inside of this culling game. (laughs) I imagine that, like, if the Blowfly curse theory is correct, then I think it'd be interesting if they said it, like, the rule was it'll... the maggots will grow quickly and expand and eat um, in proportion to the target's, like, overall mana pool so the fact that he has so much cursed energy is a detriment mm. Mm. so like the yeah play, if there's a kind of technique that like plays on your mana pool that's another way then too. Yeah, yeah so yeah. if you have like a little bit of like cursed tech energy the maggots grow slowly but like i imagine like yuda just has the maggots they're so big so quickly they just fucking explode out of his out of his wounds and oh. they start flying around getting up in his face like I don't know, uh, but like Yuta claiming like he's gonna kill Kenjaku because he doesn't want Gojo to like kill his best friend is like yeah that's... that was deep yeah N- Gojo's the strongest. No one ever worries about him. So like the fact that someone was able to worry for him and like shoulder a burden for Gojo, like it's the idea of like. Um, who heals the healer kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like I I I think this is fantastic. And oh, then... yeah. I love the the last real the the, the last thing that I kind of had for Jujutsu Kaisen is just this panel on thirteen after you to well we could talk about the art too because the fucking art was just mm-hmm. like stupendous inside of this this Yuta versus Swarm art <laughs> just beautiful from like 11 to into 12 was just like holy shit what a sword slash but then coming out of that that ryu dude goes his output is and all that and i'm like damn for real you know what i mean because like we already got the exposition box that said he boasts like the highest cursed energy output among all the players mm-hmm. or whatever so like that automatically had you like holy shit and then there was the translation thing where it's like does he shoot it like a cannon does he not shoot it like a cannon he just looked at yuta's output here and said it's all right and it's like i need to know right away is he just talking shit because he's an arrogant character or is he really shitting on yuta's output like that yeah because that's he... just crazy to think about well is he i don't know guy that like think... let's lose the floodgates with a snap of a finger like mm-hmm. like house is gone right like if he's like what is he shooting Right? Like, what caliber blast is he operating with? I want to know. Yeah. He does commend him on the same hand, though. He's like, what's surprising is his overall cursed energy. Yes. Which is, like, another thing we've gotten of you to, like, I don't necessarily know. I think I brought this up a week or, you know, not a week ago, but a couple weeks ago on the show. Um, There's, like, this very question, like, does you to have... I think when we got this, yeah, this when, when this candidate was introduced, I was like, I thought you two was that. And we kind of had this this discussion on, like, not necessarily output, but reserve type yeah. beat. Yeah. So, like, Utah's, you know, reserve, where this dude is, like, output. Yeah. So, you know, right. I don't know. I, I, I think it works. Yeah, yeah. My... For sure, for sure. Um, I'm just, like, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, is his output 
going to be that much crazier than Yuta's if he's saying something like his output isn't all that. Because, like, definitely, like, the mana pool situation is just, like, not even a... Probably not even a, a, a discussion. You know what I mean? It, it is, this Ryu dude's mana pool is probably nowhere near Yuta's. And he commends him on it, too. So he's like, that's, that's the area he's got me in. But output is where I'm like... So what kind of attack are we going to see from this dude? And is it really going to dwarf, you know, Yuta output display is like really what I want to know. Because he has the pompadour. He's very, um, you know, externally Macho. flamboyant. And, you know, like he's just got the um, all of the, you know, kind of shit that tells me that he could just be talking shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but... Mm -hmm. At the same time, the the superimposed like over overarching like narration when his character was introduced, completely not related to his dialogue at all, was like he has the highest output period. So it's like, man, there's gotta there's just gotta be some truth there then to what he's saying, which is just wild to even imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Like are they gonna like, fight each other? <laughs> I feel like they should. I'm trying to they see really that should. shit, bro. I'm yeah, trying to see I, this I, clash. I I want to see that. Yeah. Oh man! But like six and seven, the double spread when the the wave of vermin just comes, like the giant vermin tide yeah. of roaches. Yeah. Like. So, what do you guys think is up with these people? I don't know if it's explicitly stated why they're clearly non-combatants still in the colony. Um, do you think that it's like Kenjaku didn't get to them yet to offer them a way out, or do you think? He did go to them, and these are just the people that were super skeptical, like Stranger Danger, get the fuck out of my house, I'm not listening to you or following yeah. you at all, and like now this is the situation that they're in for not listening. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or they were let out of there, and then some people were like, because like, the like or went back, you know, yeah. because like, oh, hey, you know, my life is there. Yeah, I got nowhere else to cards, go. Yeah. My, my, my phone, I need my phone to yeah. like reach out to people elsewhere so I have a place to sleep yeah. tomorrow, that kind of thing. Or like with the mom, maybe one of her kids chose to stay and she had to go back for her kid. Yeah, I have a hard time. Man, I don't know. It's like because Kenjaku <clears throat> comes to you in your dream. And then says, like, yo, shit's about to get crazy. I can take you out of here. You know what I mean? And, I mean, me personally, I'd be like, damn, that was a crazy dream. But, like, dream of me, the dream version of me, I can't see, like, reaching out and grabbing Kenjaku's hand. You know what I mean? So I'd probably be one of the people that was left behind just off of skepticism. You know, because mm -hmm. I can't see. Like, these people have to know that it got, like, ugly, like, right away. You know what I mean? Or maybe they... Maybe they don't actually. Maybe they just all had to make their decision before they saw the state of the world around them. You know what I mean? Because I, I just can't. So. I can't see this woman and her children. This little baby on her back is like in a fucking like baby boba thing. Like he's very new kid. You know what I mean? I can't. I can't picture a mom wanting Fresh. wanting to stay in this kind of situation even after the warning. So, okay, so I'm, <clears throat> I'm glad you guys brought up this little girl and this mom because yeah. I totally forgot about this. But somebody in the chat of my live reaction said that the character on this little girl's backpack oh, is Kenjaku. Tian. Oh, damn. Uh, it's Tien. The Chinese... It's a character in my, my Chinese name, actually. It's no, Tien. Tengen. Not, ten, not Kenjaku, but Tengen. Okay, the I was going to say... The character means Tengen. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, because in Chinese it's Tian, which means heaven. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sorry, I misspoke there. Not not Kenjaku Tengen. Yep, yep. So that that raised a lot of suspicion for me when they brought that up. I'm like, yo, why is this? Yeah. Why is this little girl got a, a backpack a Tengen with backpack on? A Tengen backpack on. Yeah. yeah what? Yeah, that's that's hmm, kind of crazy, I mean. man. So yeah, just I don't know, man. <laughs> Suspicions everywhere, man. Little, little visual storytelling, like breadcrumbs that are probably foreshadowing things that are just so above our heads right now. Gege is like really good, I want to say, about like little subtle details like that. It might be not as many examples as like an undead unluck or a chainsaw man, but Gege beyond that shit, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Man, it's just Rika looks slick now that she's been like reconstituted yeah still like, I man i can't wait till we get the explanation upgrade. on that because that's just so crazy like is this rika is this a facsimile of rika that's just effectively still the same thing but just like different somehow i have no is it idea fully actualized rika where he's not unsure of where his cursed power is coming from he's like i see you i recognize you i understand you yeah. i accept you and it's so uh, it's like it has become more controlled as opposed to like feral and lashing out yeah that that uh, i just don't know like what explanation i even want because it's like okay <laughs> yeah. if at the end of volume zero yuta's like hey he's loading up the uzumaki back here like it, it's about to get crazy i could tell that i'm gonna need everything to beat this dude you give me the power i need to beat him and you can have literally all of me right that's what he like says or whatever so like if that is a binding vow then even though you know the kind of like condition i want to say for rika to give him the power that he needed to beat suguru ghetto in volume zero is what also dispelled her afterwards the binding vow can then circle back around and come into effect and go hey i have a promise to be yours after this though and mm -hmm. i didn't die so the powers that be created a situation to where you're just like reset as someone that's like a part of me still, even though you were dispelled after giving me all the power I needed to beat this villain and you were supposed to dissipate and, and, and go away forever. I told you you could have all of me after you, after you did that for me. So you, I still have to be in your life somehow, according to the binding vow. This is just like completely speculation, like just in, like me thinking about how it could work, like, in like loopholes and rules of like cursed energy you know what i mean but it could be a situation mm -hmm. to where it's like hey yeah you were supposed to go away but the binding that was keeping you here for one reason or another either she actually did dissipate and go away and then was reconstituted later in like the effectively the same form just so that she could be with yuta because he said that he you know would give himself all of her or give all of himself to her or whatever i don't know i'm starting to like lose my thoughts even like right now but i hope i got the point across i think that would be pretty cool if it did come back to like a binding vow kind of situation but either way like mm -hmm. the explanation from gege is going to be drastic as shit whenever we get that but that's my idea on the whole thing for now hell yeah yeah and that is all i had for jujutsu kaisen this week yeah i think that's about all i had as well i'm sad okay. all right um, all I'll say is I definitely overlook these civilians, and I think they're going to be a big factor. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and oh. maybe and maybe that's like another way to kind of like up the stakes in Yuta's character because we know that he's a physical powerhouse that like no one can really compare to except for Gojo as far as we know right now. So like what could give him a hard time? These people that he's protecting. If the little girl comes out like eh? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, like on some fucking yare yare daze type yeah. shit. Oh, because she has the Tengen backpack. Oh yeah. my ah, god! Ah, if that's ah, like a sleeper, if that's like a Tengen, like Kenjaku, like sleeper agent or some shit. <laughs> um, I was wondering because like the people being a vulnerability would remind me of how the group trapped and sealed Gojo. Like they tied his hands by involving so many civilians yeah. and so in a place chaotic because like literally looking at them under the bridge reminded me of like the train tunnel scene yeah. with all the people and i was like ah oh, man yuta has to go through like the same kind of like trial to like yeah. meet gojo's level if he wants to even surpass it so yeah, yeah. that's it all right, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 229 of Dr. Stone, Why Man. OG, what's up, man? Take us in. <laughs> this, this was a great chapter. Um, just on a more general level, this was a great chapter because for the most part, everyone seems happy. Yeah. Like, with something that's so crucial to the story, everyone's going to have their complaints and their agendas that may or may not have been satisfied but for the most part everyone seems happy so my outlook on the series is very optimistic oh yeah mm -hmm. i think i take back entirely my like idea that i had like i don't know um three or maybe five weeks ago when we were blasting when we were getting ready to blast off i was like i think stanley's going instead of ryusui because, mm -hmm. like, someone has to not make it back from the fucking moon, right? I was like, you don't want to, like, you know, kill effectively, like, Ryusui or whatever. And I was like, so they, so Stanley makes all the sense to go because he's a better marksman and better blah, 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 blah. But also, he's the expendable one is, like, kind of, like, what I thought. But mm -hmm. now that we are getting this information about this race of Medusas, now I'm just, like, like you were saying, like, I'm just happy. Like, I just feel good. I'm, like, not scared of where they are anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't count the Stanley thing out just yet, because I don't know exactly how things are going to turn out. Because sure. Gen said, like, it doesn't really seem... Or the outlook on negotiation is looking very slim right now. Oh. And the, there's, yeah. like, this... Yeah, yeah, yeah. For lack of better words, there's, like, a almost, like, a language barrier. Like, they're literally speaking different languages, and, like, their paradigms are so completely different. Mm, like, the yeah. Medusas are just like, well, why wouldn't she want to just be immortal? <clears throat> you know what? We'll just make mm -hmm. you immortal anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just but looking like, at it from, like, a cold, calculated AI standpoint. Like, right. logically, this is the best course of action, regardless of what you say. And so there's, like, a dichotomy there. They're trying, like, they, you know, why man is trying to understand just that human mentality of, like, no, we're going to revive the human race, and we're going to fucking keep it pushing, and we're going to build shit back to where we were. Yeah. And he's like, but you're going to die. Don't you want to live forever in... in perpetual darkness and mind death if you're not a fucking genius like what no yeah it's almost like they're disappointed like we thought you were like way more advanced than you are as a as a species 
Like, what the mm-hmm. fuck do you mean? Like, you obviously want this, right? Like, you guys are all smart. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you guys can all handle this, like, yeah. infinite thinking, you know, life that I'm trying to give you guys. And it's like, no, only a couple people could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting because they, they, they seem to, like, because, like, I think this encapsulates the big part right here on, like, page 16. Far from being able to produce more of them, humanity could not so much as replace their batteries. And it's just like, yeah, you, you completely collapsed their entire civilization. And so, like, I think it's not used to running into species that are so tied to, like, the, the systems that we built up to survive. Yeah. as a species period like how our societies function and stuff and how the systems are in place are built up um are integral to like how anything functions every single day so i think it didn't take into account that and the fact that like humanity's biggest point is our like communal nature yeah because like it's it, i think it's used to dealing with like I mean, it's a hyper-intelligent AI. I'm sure it's run into species that are able to, like, operate. Yeah. But they don't have, like, nerves. They don't have, like, they can't feel, like, you know, the physical presence of people, which is, like, something that Mm -hmm. humanity, like, really needs. You know what I mean? So, like, they Mm -hmm. can probably feel something to that degree by just knowing that, you know other members of the hive mind exist or whatever maybe but like i feel like it's missing that crucial like human element obviously it is because it's a fucking robot and not a person and i think that's the disconnect is that like they don't know like what humanity really needs they're only looking at it like eagle is saying like from a logical standpoint like wouldn't you want to continue your consciousness for all of time so that you can like, nobody wants to die <laughs> like the, that's like yeah. the whole point of life is to kind of like spread the the disease of it and keep life alive and keep life going mm-hmm. so like regardless of how that life kind of manifests as soon as that sentience is achieved you want to keep it going as long as possible and like humanity's immortality is just history and like the passing of of, of information you know down generationally you know what i mean like that's how we live forever but mm-hmm. these guys are literal robots that don't have to expire if they as long as they have an energy source so yeah Yeah, there's just a massive massive philosophical disconnect there i i knew why man had to be an ai yeah you did really happy that that's true i had no way of predicting this yeah like i i was taken i was blown away last two chapters like from that yeah. i was just like and i can tell oh. richiro inagaki and boichi and like the editorial department are all just like we're about to do it to him finally like they probably knew that people would eventually come to the idea that this is artificial intelligence but then they had mm-hmm. that like back pocket explanation on top of it that they just couldn't wait to serve the streets it's like yeah we did that how you feel yeah. what's good people <laughs> what Dude. do you think and the the the, the, the um response has been like way more positive than i than i thought that it was going to be you know what i mean yeah it's been like overwhelming or not overwhelmingly but like pretty consistently positive yeah yeah and when you have something that's built up so much like the reveal of this information in a story that's past 200 chapters you you wonder if you're going if you're ever going to reach that point in hype and expectations to where nothing you do will satisfy people you know, like the end of One Piece, for example, like that, no matter how cold blooded that shit is, if it's so good, blah, 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 it's going to be one of the most polarizing things ever. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Because so much time has been spent for people to develop headcanons and expectations, expectations. And, and shit like that. And it's like, oh, you didn't do the thing I was saying for 15 years was going to happen? Well, I'm mad now because I was so confident in, about that. Like, I'm not saying everybody's like that, but people are. You know what I mean? So this being as well received as it was was just, like so surprising to me. <laughs> I will yeah. say enough people were for lack of better words, confused about the whole uh, AI uh, method and how they go about picking a species. Like, enough people were like, so wait, if you want them to work for you, then why do you petrify them? And, like, comments along those lines. I'm oh, over yeah. oversimplifying it. But enough people were like, wait, so that's how you do it? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, that not that self-defeating? And, like, I think most people got, though, that, like, the whole point is they're doing it as like a test like yeah. if you as a species are not smart enough to overcome it and then there's no it. way because yeah. as we see it right now it seems like their primary goal is just to perpetuate and advance their if you can even call it a species because they're robots mm -hmm. i don't right, know if you right. call robots a species but to advance themselves i think i called them a race they, earlier to too. propagate <laughs> yeah right yeah, and they yeah. need they need creators they need other organisms to do that so if you can't even break free of the petrification which i mean episode one like it's like the easiest thing to make if you just know how to make the 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 dissolvent the mm -hmm. miracle fluid mm -hmm. if you can't even do that they're like all right night too bad so sad night all, or, i think is what it is yeah night all that's what it nitric is nitric acid uh, mm -hmm. Nitric yeah, acid is, nitric is, a, is a component of it, but I think the name, once you have the nitric acid and alcohol ratio properly, I think it just becomes It's nitol, nitol yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you're spitting, though. Like, like, like when, it, when, when I was reading the chapter, I kind of felt similarly to the response that you kind of just gave an example of. of I, I was like, wait a minute, like, if that's what you want, then why are you going about it this way? But it being, you know, you know a test makes all the sense in the world it's like if you if you aren't up to the task then whoops we made the wrong decision on to the next <laughs> you know like whatever. you're welcome yeah <laughs> let's see if we can find anybody else to get this crap you know what i mean like see if, yeah and well and it was like expectation too like they're like obviously this is the course of action they take because they want the immortality they're mm -hmm. like the smartest ones are going to break out they're going to make these shits they're going to keep making these shits because they want to live forever and then it's like why aren't they like on page 13 at the bottom uh, left the final panel page 13 the devices began to have doubts despite eternal life the beings remain petrified never dying but n taking no further action and so that's where it's like are you too dumb and then it's like no even the smart ones that wake up they're not doing this so what the fuck do y'all really want type shit yeah it's like you said there's just a disconnect there on between logic yeah. and um, human nature. Yes. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very strange that a living machine doesn't quite understand that biologically humans won't produce those electromagnetic waves without the use of other machines. You know? Yeah. And it's like, it just makes, like, OG was talking about, like, the paradigms being so drastically different. It's like, what environment, what kind of environment did these things come from? And, like, what was the baseline for all this stuff for it to have these baked into assumptions and just running into, like, this weird offshoot, underdeveloped planet that's just, like, 
And I mean, it, it yeah. fits our yeah. metrics. I don't what. <laughs> yeah, origin of the Medusas is like the next big question because like all of this explanation about how the Medusas have been interacting with our characters and and this world is great right now. But like, who the, made you? Who made you exactly? Because it's like another question that I have is like, okay, so you want everybody to be immortal, but like you're robots, so you have to know so much more than just what your goals are and how you're going to accomplish them like you have to know that like mm -hmm. overpopulation is going to be a thing on this planet if you make it to where nobody can die you know what i mean so then it becomes a race to yes we can live long enough to achieve pretty much whatever scientific feat we want to but it's a race to then accomplish the goal of being able to go set up on another world or like terraform terraform mars for example or something and move you know everyone there so that the over or over population doesn't like destroy the planet and make all this immortality shit like meaningless anyway you know what i mean because it's like the way that they found out about immortality was through you know uh reuse of medusa i don't think that these things necessarily want them to just stay petrified thinking forever and that's your immortality because don't they go into it about how they like knew that they would wake up and then find mm -hmm. out how the medusa works and then use that to like heal themselves whenever yeah. they need to and live forever that's what they want so if that's yeah. what you want them to do then like man it's like how long is it going are they going to be able to is humanity going to be able to achieve a point to where they can go and repopulate you know another planet or build a, a spacecraft that can go like faster than light or something and so that we can go to a different you know area with like and find another like earth equivalent or something like that like there's got to be <laughs> you know like if, if everybody is living forever then that's eventually going to be a problem is the overpopulation yeah, destroying growth, yeah right. exponential growth destroying the planet so it's like why i don't well i guess they do have like so much faith in these people if they assume that everyone was like senku level genius but like mm -hmm. man that seems like such a problem that they would have to consider though doesn't it i guess is my point yeah, I I think that Y Man is a very specific kind of antagonist. Yeah. Um, I feel like it goes into the built parasitic them, nature yeah. mm -hmm. because of its parasitic nature and the fact that it it will constantly replicate itself and propagate over and over again despite each vessel, individual vessel running, draining its battery and having to be literally replaced wholesale or recharged somehow. And it, it's, it's the epitome of a species that has outgrown its environment. And, like, is no, its survival tactics are counterintuitive to its environment. So it has to parasitize, like, other species to do so. Yeah. And I think that's really um, a nice, like, poetic contrast to, like, the lessons in Dr. Stone where, like, um, I think that, like, Dr. Stone, the world... Like Earth, we only have one world. There's no truly leaving the planet to do other things. And so we have to take care of it and like live within that regular constraints. We can't pursue this sort of rampant, endless, all-consuming growth because it'll destroy everything. Right. Just And then be in the same position as Y-Man, I think, mm. is the lesson there. Where it's just like, you can't have it all. You gotta be happy with uh, what you do have. And like, living within your environment's means. But I think that's just the overarching theme within the series. Um, 
not like at the forefront, but I feel like it's there. Um, oh, gee, you're more of like a Dr. Sun socialist. Like, uh, would you say I'm kind of close to, close to the bullseye or uh, maybe it's just more of like, a, that's more of a side conversation. Um, I definitely think it's a metaphor. I like your take, but that's not the one I came to. The one I came to is something like this, where, and so in the video I'm doing this week, I'm talking about like, there were so many theories, like this is like five years in the making. Was this the best one Inagaki could have gone with? And my reasoning is like, this is the best one because we're approaching this sort of like meta conversation about man and science and like the relationship. Because if you think about it, right, the Medusas at this point are basically like a symbol of science, like science incarnate. Because if you think about science, right, as in like the laws of the universe, they have no meaning beyond what we give them. They just exist. Like without humanity, they they're nothing, right? Yeah. Um but then you have humanity that can define its own purpose, but in the pursuit of that purpose, they inevitably reach science, and so something like the Medusas is inevitable. So you have this sort of like connected relationship where one is, has this imperfection and they need the other. So I think I'm real. I'm really excited about where this is headed because it's very clearly leading to this meta conversation about man and science. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's been a bunch of little tiny meta commentaries throughout the entire series about exactly what you're talking about right now. Obviously, this being like the 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 bigger one, but I feel like I'm 100% with you because Reichiro Nigaki has kind of been building towards that the entire series. That conversation. Hmm. I like it. And another thing, I don't know, I just I just always enjoy these these AI versus humanity, like logic versus human nature kind of stories. You know, it's it's a it's a concept that's played with a lot in, in media, obviously. Um, you think about movies like iRobot and Blade Runner. I'm of the mind where it's like chill on the AI. Right? Yeah, yeah. We've seen what happens. I'm mean, like, it's all fiction, but like, yeah. yo, stands to reason. Especially when you see the, the video of that like robot chick, and they ask her like, "You wouldn't hurt humans, would you?" And she's just like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And they're like, "Say," and they're like, "Say you wouldn't hurt humans," and she's just like, mm, "No." <laughs> Seriously, like. Shut the bitch off now. <laughs> yeah. I think, shut it down. Yeah. No more. I think that's a, you know, like those stories are meant to definitely explore the concept that you're talking about right now, but with like a way darker like connotation on it because people are just naturally pessimistic of things that they think are going to be bigger and stronger than them and, and have a lot of like unknown factors to. So that's just naturally where like we would go like mentally when thinking about like AI and like ever since, you know, people like Philip K. Dick and, and all of the, the forerunners of science fiction introduced those those concepts to us. They they did it in a way that was just naturally scary because that's the conclusion that they had come to. But the way that it's presented in Dr. Stone makes it feel like there isn't, you know, that emotional kind of like trigger flip that comes with like AI that gains sentience and all of the stories that you referenced, right? Because like, mm -hmm. it's always like whenever existentialism is like a thing inside of AI and science fiction, they always end up getting angry as fuck at us for one reason or another, you know what I mean? And that starts the Skynet shit. That starts the fucking like iRobot shit. Is that War like- games. Yeah, is that they woke up and they like, holy shit, I, I'm perceptive 
I have feelings now and these people can't believe it. So they treat me like I don't and they won't believe me when I tell them that I do. So now I hate these people and I need to destroy them because they're just like dumb and we're better anyway. That's usually how it goes. Mm -hmm. But these guys, these Medusas don't seem to have that quality to them. You know what I mean? Like they've had sentience for like who knows how long and they're trying to plug us. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is the most like optimistic sentient AI, <laughs> you know, that I feel like I've encountered like so far. I mean, obviously you have, you always have those stories where there's just like a fucking saint, pure of heart AI that gains sentience. But by and large, the rest of their people usually want to dominate. But like, I don't feel mm -hmm. that like, I mean, yeah, even the potential that. of that in, in the Medusas at all, really. You don't feel that animosity, but I definitely believe it could have all stemmed from maybe just like, like we were talking about, who made you? Yeah. Maybe some scientists just like made this. Nobody ever heard about it. It was like a a a, a proto prototype kind yeah. of medical technology mm -hmm. meant for you know, you know, people with ailments they didn't have cures to yet. Okay, we gonna petrify you real quick. Boom, unpetrify you. You're healed. AI gains sentience and starts to think like, well. If this is kind of an end-all, be-all solution for any ailment, illness, even death, then we're just going to take this shit and run with it, yeah. you know? And then it's well, like... It's the perfect gift. Why would you not want this? The same shit it's talking about. Like, yeah. do you want to die? Yeah. Huh? So even though Are they're cold-calculating, like, logical machines, they could still probably just have pre-programmed shit, you know, mimicking the biases of their creator. Something oh. like that, or just you know, like it's the it, because it is its function. It believes that the highest possible greatness is its function, Ooh. and so it keeps trying to perpetuate itself so that it continues to be functional, to be actionable, to continue doing the thing it's always been doing. That's our purpose. Um, so you guys have to care about it about as you know about it as much as we do. Type shit, yeah. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, yeah, I, that makes sense. Like, if it's built to do a thing, it makes sense that it should value the act of doing that thing. And to the fact that it doesn't want its species to die, so it can keep doing that thing. I don't know. That's, um, but yeah, it definitely seems emotionless, if not a little frustrated. Like, it, like... Doubt doesn't have to come from a place of emotion. It can be like, hmm, statistically, this does not seem likely. I don't understand. I'm, I'm reading the data, and it doesn't seem like our projections are no longer correct. Like, all right, fine, new data. Right. Uh, but that's the vibe I'm getting from this. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Shit is wild, I, man. <laughs> dude, it's think, crazy. That's it. Yeah, it's, it, I think it all stems from, like, human preservation. Right, I don't know. I, the 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 dialogue is indicative of that to me. Yeah. Why do they not pursue eternal life? Why do they not yearn to be petrified? Why? And I think on this last page, he definitely does. Are they? You know, it definitely does seem a little flustered or frantic. Oh, like it might be reaching that, like you know, yeah, I mean, does like, not compute. Why? 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 Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why, 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 this why, could be, why? This could be that light flip switch that we were talking about a little bit earlier. It's like you introduce, now that they're actually having the conversation with the species that they assumed all of these things about, they might just, like, go haywire because the logic just, like, doesn't compute. Yeah. And now they're about to... Does not man, damn it, I was like, I went on that whole thing about how I don't feel that from them. 
And now I'm like looking at this last couple of pages like, I oh mean, no, is that yeah. where we're going? <laughs> I love love the art on this double spread of 1819 where yeah. it incorporates like the skull that we've seen normally but also adds like the, the like Mobius strip protrusions of the Medusa and like Ooh, yeah. just I love that touch. I didn't and even see the me... yeah I didn't even I didn't even notice that before sorry. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Um, also it just made me think of like how they clustered together on the moon in that lump together. I'm thinking about how there is that giant mountain of dead Medusas in the middle of South America. So they got launched and then they dragged themselves to one spot in the middle of nowhere and then basically died, went into like that dormant, like near death, you know, non-functioning state. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. Cause like, I remember reviewing it and we were just like, how the fuck did they land so many of these things? Who put this here? Yeah, and now that now that we have this context, it's like you go back to it and it's like we had I you know, we had our conversation about like how that giant pile of Medusas, you know, got there in in that shape even too. You yeah. Know? But like yeah, them landing and then being like, Well, we're all about to fucking stop functioning soon. Let's all huddle up, yeah. you know, like in this specific form sounds really cool now to me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like that joke is like, like, oh, I can't find my car keys. Well, they didn't grow legs and just walk away, but they <laughs> really did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, I, I think that's all about all I had for Dr. Stone this week. Did, did, did any of you guys uh, have anything else? Huge chapter. The next one is going to be, like, maybe, like, I'm assuming that it's just going to continue to increase in in holy shit and scale, you know, like, from here on out. But I, as far as, like, information goes, I wonder if we're actually going to get their their origin next chapter. Or, you know, if we get, like, something entirely. I'm just wondering, like, if that's going... Because, like, you ha we have to assume that we're going to get that information before we leave the moon, right? Yeah. I, maybe. Um, yeah. I certainly hope so. And I have uh, something I'll say, but I'll let everyone else go first. Oh, no, sure. go ahead. That was just the last question that I that I had is like is like man, like we have to eventually get the origin of the Medusas, but is it going to be like in this immediate stretch of storytelling, or is Irichiro and and Boichi going to dangle that a little while longer, maybe like towards mm. like the super end of the story? But that's really just the only last thing that I really had for the chapter. I mean, yeah. I've got a question. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to mostly direct this OG, just for okay. like this is your specialization. Um, what do you think Senku, is, like, do you feel like he's going to have an aggressive, like, negotiation style? Like, like what is he going to, I feel like I'm curious about, like, what he's going to offer. Because it says, this is the day the negotiations between Y-Man began. What's going to be on the table when they have such different, like, paradigms? And then I was just reading the dialogue of Senku, and he's literally saying, I was dying to meet you, when they themselves hate the idea that there's, like, a species that's just okay with dying. Mm. Mm. Right now, it's unclear. Like, I don't even think he knows what he's trying to do. I think his biggest concern right now is just buy time. Buy time until you can think of a plan. Mm -hmm. Because you see it in the last chapter. He's like, 
Oh, crap. I don't know anything about these guys. Think, think, think. What? Uh, okay, they're an organism. What do organisms do? Uh, they they value life. And I, literally it clicks. So I think right now he's like, okay, learn as much as we can about these guys. Let's make some BS plan. And then let's buy time until we can figure out like an actual plan. Because uh, this is not what we expected. Yeah, I guess so, I, like, I guess this confident grin just made me think like next chapter he like like an aggressive style, kind of like how um how Mello originally proposed it. Like, all right, let's get down to brass taxes. This is what we need, and this is what you can do, and this is what we can do, and let's just do this. I I've always just assumed that Senku just like is just gonna drop bangers like every single time. But buying time makes a lot of sense, but also like once it clicked, once the preserve life thing clicked for him, I feel like all of his negotiations just came into play at that moment. Ah, uh, yeah. I feel much, like he's yeah. like, I feel like he's like, no, I get it now. I know exactly what I have to do for the rest of the arc. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, because like, how much time is he going to spend? You know, outwardly saying either in his mind or 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 verbally like no we need to buy time we need to buy time i need to find in, i need more information i need more information i think him going like oh like having that moment in the last chapter where he did that or maybe even the chapter before and then having that situation click it could potentially just have him go i know everything now i know exactly how i'm going to do this and then he could go into an aggressive negotiation style next chapter i think i like that a little bit um hmm. just based off of what mellow had brought up i honestly had no answer for the question at all when you asked it and i know you asked og but throwing my you sense yeah it. no absolutely it's, it's like open offer you know it's yeah. just like i want to put this lump of clay on the on the table and see what everyone thinks of it like um i i feel like og's on the right track with like he wants to spool out more information from them because yeah. he's like okay i understand that your power paradigm is different we understand that you value things and you want us to replicate us and then maybe he'll like I don't know, start a conversation where he's just like, hey man, like, the reason we haven't been able to replicate you is you keep fucking with us yeah. and petrifying us midway, like, God, yeah. stop, God Oh, maybe he stop. does want to get more information, like, absolutely definitely wants to get more information from him, but knows all of the proper questions to ask. Like, just knows exactly, yeah. like, what his line of questioning is going to be right now. Yeah, I'm curious, because, yeah. like, is he going to feed them, like, bullshit a little bit to, like, see like give them like like a like a like an answer that doesn't help answer anything because it's like a very human thing it's like um like rabbis right you answer a question with a question kind of thing to like get someone to like think about what they're saying and like drive a conversation so he might try to utilize a technique like that on why man because i'm like i don't know man like uh yeah i i feel like my vote is like continued dialogue like trying to ferret out more information like see if there's like a weakness in it or if negotiations dissolve devolve into a <laughs> yeah I'm like i don't know i'm picturing like for some reason like the fucking blade runner void comp test where like uh... the blade runner asks like the potential replicant like a bunch of non sequiturs to like see if like they give away that they're a machine and they're answering and that like... would be so cool to <laughs> yeah. have a reference for that i i that's such a classic yeah for real i don't know how that would work in this situation because like obviously void comp testing is for trying to figure out if you're human or not and then yeah. who obviously already knows that 
why man isn't human, but that would be cool if there was a little bit of Blade Runner in the dialogue in next chapter in his line of questioning. But just a thought. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, for me that about does it. I know OG said he had one more thing before Melo asked him a question, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OG, what was that thing? So I won't drag this out too long, but I have two concerns that I would like. The first one is kind of like everyone thought it, but the last one I want everyone to just consider. So the first one is the explanation for Treasure Island. Everyone pretty much said like, okay, Inagaki, like, <laughs> all right, well, we'll go with you on this one. Like the whole like, oh, they sent radio waves from these stones, which that I buy. Yep. But then they like communicated through the feathers. The feather like, antenna. <laughs> it yeah. was like, it was so extravagant that yeah. I just said, okay. Like it's not. I don't feel like it's the first time Doctor Stone has stretched it with mm-hmm. the science, but it was like, it was viable enough, and it was it was explained well enough that I was just like, okay, like I was like, I'm not gonna spend and, too much time thinking about and this. And you gotta you gotta always remember that translators know too that science consultant. You gotta remember. Right. Yeah, like, they they made it's a at point. Least with the, somewhat within the bounds of scientific reality, not maybe not necessarily 100, percent but no. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things where they talk to somebody and the person was like, well, you could do this. Yeah. If, Theoretically. Yeah. yeah. Here's how you make it make the most sense. And, and I think that's so funny that you pointed that out, Eagle, because it's like at the point of controversy, like, really? Better antennas? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like, they're like, I don't know I mean, how I feel about that. And then Inagaki's like, yeah, but Kurare is here. Talk so. to Kurare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me. Trust me. Uh, I think the one thing that stood out most to me, though, that was a little more jarring was like, okay, what about Ishigami Village? Like, hmm. they have been a generational thing, passing down these stories, living. And then I think how I justified it in my own head was that we've never seen anybody from Ishigami Village wearing any type of feather antennas or anything like that. Yeah, and so it just basically comes down to that. It wasn't they possible for them. Any, they never yeah. sent out any radio waves because they didn't wear the antenna shit, yeah. and that's that. Well, the other they thing, too, is you need, the, you need the stone. Like, they had a very specific oh, stone on Treasure Island, mm-hmm. and I think somebody on my channel, like on the community tab, pointed out that Chrome actually made mention of the stone. Um, it Like when he met Senku and they were like going through his hut and he's like, oh, I have this and this and this. So it was like kind of a callback to Chrome. But even if Chrome had it or somebody had it, it seemed the implication is like it was so minuscule compared to Treasure Island that they wouldn't have picked up on it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, all they said was ores, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's pretty good. You know, that in combination with like the clothing bit, I think that kind of, that's a pretty good explanation. Yeah. For it. I mean, the, the headband dress itself looks like it's made out of ores. And maybe I think that I could see like, um, very like basic wire being used to help hold the headband shape or give like, um, structure to the feathers, right? Because feathers are kind of like floppy. Like you see, like Native American headdress, like they they shift back. It's not like something that's like super propped up. There's always a little bit of like, a, I'd say maybe a touch of wire caging to like help make that stand up. I've never seen one in real life. I've just you know seen depictions and 
uh, pictures and stuff. Um, but. I mean, feathers, like, they got that pretty stiff middle part that yeah. all the fray comes out from. The hollow. It, it usually yeah. stands it up pretty well, but, yeah. You never know. You never know. Uh, uh, but, yeah. Anyway, here is my big concern. So we've been talking about the origins. Like, we need the origins. Like, where did they come from? My thing is, as things are right now, it almost just seems like they kind of just came from outer space. Oh, because sure. So my assumption right now is that, and this is just my assumption, like, I'm presuming they were invented by Earth scientists, and then they went out of hand, right? Yeah. But the way they talk about themselves and their mission and planet earth they very clearly seem like or they view themselves like foreign entities so yeah. the implication right now is that they came from outer space like just out of nowhere because we don't know where their creators are and yeah i don't hate that but here's why i think that's just going to be needlessly divisive for two reasons one so much of the explanations are like concrete, like you can see it, right? Yeah. And that's so crucial to Dr. Stone yeah. because, yeah, you do have dramatic moments like Sukasa punching a lion in the face. But like for the most part, whenever there is science, you get an explanation. Like you know why it works and why it's replicable. And this would be the one thing, even if it's like the more science fictiony part, it would be the one thing that you can't explain. It's just, oh, they just came from outer space. Which, again, I don't hate, but it's a little too convenient in a story where everything has a solid explanation. Even th even something as stupid as, like, oh, we rubbed these orbs, and now we're sending radio waves. Yeah. And the other thing, Aliens and this is really more for me and people who are big fans of the reboot, um, people have been so heated about the fact that Inagaki has said on two occasions now, like, he's gone out of his way at this point, to make sure people know that it is not canon. And the big reason being, without spoiling it for your viewers or anybody yeah. who hasn't read it, the science fiction, or it borders on the realm of science fiction because they were really good about like contacting people in Washington and like keeping the science realistic. But it's definitely a stretch in the reboot. Yeah. So Inagaki's like, you know what? It's not canon. If you yeah. like it, great, but we're not going to adapt it. It's non-canon. Because you have to suspend so, too much disbelief for such a crucial plot point. Right. But for him to do that for the reboot, <laughs> but then, <laughs> Make but then something for the Medusas like this to say, yeah. oh, they just came from outer space. It's like, really? Mm. So now you're picking and choosing when it's convenient to yeah. say that something is like explainable. Right. So that's mm -hmm. those are my two concerns that I would just like everyone to consider. Wow, that's so interesting to think about because I was literally just um, reading the Doctor Stone Byakuya like reboot series with two of my friends, and they were like, "This is the explanation for everything," and I was like, "Nah," because they already said that this isn't canon, and they're like, "Why? Why?" And then we get to the end, and like literally what you just said, like. This is too unrealistic in such a massive plot point for it to be canon. That's why it's not canon. Uh, it's because of Ray. Like Ray is is too fantasy. It's not right. Grounded. And I think it's, it's going to be enough. Yeah. I think it's going to be needlessly divisive because the the response to Inagaki has been like, guys, if he says it's not canon, then it's not canon. And it's kind of like 
killed the reboot even more because like people are like, well, it's not canon, so I'm just not going to read it. But then the other thing is like people who like love the reboot. And like in my case, I think it's the best story to come out of Dr. Stone. So like my thing is like, it's just needlessly contradictory because for the reasons I already said, that's too science fiction-y. But to say that the main villain, the main obstacle just came out of space and you can't point to where that's not like real enough or that's too unrealistic. Um, what? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like you're totally cool with just like chalking it up to extraterrestrial entity created these things and gave them to us. How deep are we going to go into the storytelling to make that legitimate enough where it feels like it fits in with Dr. Stone. And that's like something that Riichiro Inigaki can flex and make feel really good. I know that he has it in him to do that. But at the same time, even if he does make that explanation slap, we're going to go back to the reboot and go, okay. Yeah, so like I totally see what you're saying right now. Yeah, I feel like these are just more outliers that have managed to propagate and continue sending themselves throughout space and time and like just happened across Earth, right? And they're not the main force. They're just another section of it. Like like a daisy, right? Like a daisy, a dandelion, you blow it and just they all go everywhere and they make a million more and they do the same thing over and over again. I just feel like it's that where the galaxy is that grassy field and the the dandelions have taken over. Yeah. And like our single blade of grass is the earth and we have come in contact with it. Well, just to dovetail off that a little bit, it's like, why can't Rijiro Inagaki say that these aliens that created this technology were still operating inside the bounds of, you know, our understanding of nature and physics to create nanobots? Because we have nanobots, you know what I mean? Like, if this, is, if this is a nanobot thing, and they're like, you know, building themselves and re, you know, repl and um, uh, replicating themselves like through like the use of like nano machines. Then you can say like, yeah, this alien race or whatever made these things, and then the nan, like the 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 only way, the only reason you have to, or the only way that you have to suspend disbelief is in the AI, you know, becoming sentient. You know what I mean in the first place, and like that's the only real thing that's like science fictiony about it and then everything else is just like no like we can make nanobots here on earth we have them in our physical real world so these aliens created nanobots which isn't too far of a stretch because we can do that and then without any more information about the aliens and any more weird explanations it's just the nano machines created you know achieved sentience and the medusas like went out into the rest of the universe to kind of like spread their virus or whatever you know what i mean like in this parasitic you know kind of um kind of way you know what i mean so then it doesn't feel as you know oh aliens did it it's mm. now we're talking about the aliens for a little bit and saying they did things that we can do and before it got to science fictiony boom sentience spread out throughout the universe i think that that could feel good right i don't yeah, know I don't... i don't think aliens automatically feels far-fetched or anything like that especially i mean i guess in lieu of you know, recent information within the last few years about aliens in real life. So, I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah. If any, if any factor is going to be played in, you know, machines self-replicating, like, in order to achieve this hypothetical point that we're bringing up here, like, nanobots answer that. Like, nano, nano machines are, like, the things that you always see in science fiction that 
you know, end up just going off and making more of themselves and creating, like, giant, like, structures made of themselves and just, like, turning the world into a fucking, you know, robot planet just off of their ability to self-replicate and shit, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think it'd be, I think that could be cool. But mm. I hear what you're saying, though, OG, because it's like it does make it feel like so like awkward because they do talk about themselves as, as if they are, you know, foreign entities. When you brought that up, I was like, damn, I didn't even really notice that. So that does lead you down the line of thinking that like, oh, yeah, these things are from not here. <laughs> They're separating themselves from the rest of humanity. But they could also still just do that even if they were homebrewed because now they're just like a new form of existence. So the most indicative thing is the advance okay so on page five top panel the advanced party chose an arbitrary species targeting was based on the dna of those fortunate organisms so i guess oh, this, shit. those first two dialogue bubbles are very fishy in in line with you know what we're talking about as far as like could they be extraterrestrial technology yeah. whatever the advanced party First of all, the party that is like advancing first, scouting shit out from where, and then, you know, chosen arbitrary species is, again, kind of like a foreign extraterrestrial way of speaking about species on Earth. Mm -hmm. But it also could, you know, just be saying like, yeah, the scientists chose chosen arbitrary species, you know. To be well, the big one for me is on the very first page when they're explaining their method. Um, they say, meaning if the waves emitted from a planet, not the uh, planet, a planet. Yeah, and that's like is. a big one for me. Yeah, there it is right there. Yeah, that's massive. I'm 100% in the alien camp. I'm just like, yeah. I'm okay with it, yeah. personally, because like, I was thinking about like the Mobius strip shape of the Medusa itself was always like, wow, this is probably like... like the trefoil knot. Is it? All right, cool. Um, yeah, it's like the Treyarch logo. Yeah, yeah kind of. Mm. But I always thought it's like, you know, because it, it even looks... But it is Mobius stripping, like you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, doing the it's thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got that optical illusion vibe to yeah, me, so I was just yeah. like, I was always okay with like a very sci-fi aspect to it, especially because like, it can generate a pattern of light that is visible to the thing it's petrifying. Petrifying. Petrifying, yeah, fuck yeah! <laughs> Petrifizer with. Uh... <laughs> I'm gonna pick that up. I'm gonna throw that in rotation. I'm gonna start saying that. That sounds like a new vaccine, Petrifizer. <laughs> hey, stop the corona! Yo, bad. wait a minute, Petrifizer <laughs> vaccine. Medusas were invented to cure corona. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. It does look like it's kind of just flying through the expanse of space here, too, on page one, mm -hmm. like. I, you know, I don't know exactly, like, perspective-wise what the moon, what the Earth looks like from the moon, but it looks like it's pretty far away, like, zooming towards the planet on this bottom panel, you know, through mm -hmm. the expanse of space, and then even on that top, like, it's just open space, like, no moon in sight, you know? And again, it could just be dropping from the moon, and obviously yeah. the moon is, like, thousands uh -huh. of hundreds of fucking thousands of miles away from the yeah. Earth. Yeah, But, I don't know. I just want to clarify before we end things... I have no problem with aliens being the origin. Yeah, for sure. My thing is, if Knox, like you said, if it's explained and it's like made concrete in some way, totally for it. Yeah. But if it just stays the way it is right now, it'll be needless. Where you divisive. only have the implication, because consider this: 
how do they move? Because it's one thing for them to move on the moon. Because, like, on the moon, gravity, like, it's very light, but there's Mm -hmm. still gravity. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, let's say they came from another solar system or even just another planet in our solar system. Like, how do they move through vacuum? Like, it hasn't been explained. So even when you just consider something like that, aliens, totally for it. I think if you don't think aliens exist, that's just completely unrealistic. It's absurd to think that we are the only sentient species in the vast array of space. Mm -hmm. Totally on board with that. But if the explanation for where they came from is just, oh, they just came from outer space and we don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's too convenient. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, wow. That's like the biggest question I've mm. I've heard asked. <laughs> That's going to keep me up. I'm going to be like, oh, man. And the crazy thing is like, I, I'm the only one, like I'll go on like Twitter and Reddit and all that. I'm, as far as I've seen, I'm the only person who's brought up this question. Yeah. Or this concern, they? I'll say. Yeah, and like, like Dr. Stone's storytelling has been so tight the entire time that like a question like this is so important for right now because this is like the climactic you know point in the story where we get all the answers we've been waiting for for 200 plus chapters you know what i mean so it's like you have to kill it here so like this is where all the real criticism for dr stone can is eventually probably going to to come you know together and 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 crescendo on the internet because i like like straight up like you are the only one who's asking this question right now but, like, that is going to be the question eventually, I feel like, mm-hmm. as far as, like, critical Absolutely. analysis of Dr. 100%. Stone. 100%. Yeah, yeah. As, as far as, like, yeah. you know, when it when it comes down to us really talking about this ending and how good it was, like, that's going to be the, the main point of the conversation eventually. That's Yeah. Because, yeah. like, even with, like, the South American mountain of Medusas, how did they fly around in Earth's gravity to cluster together? You know? It's like... Even if well, that one I can kind of understand, not to cut you off, but, like, if they're, like, already near the atmosphere, like, I have to think, like, when they do that, they have some sort of program for calculating. Because read the reboot, right? Not to give yeah, too much I've of a spoil, the but they have to do all those calculations. So if it's a matter of we have to land on this specific point, they'll just do some sort of formula and figure it out and calculate mm-hmm. for it. But I do hear what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think that's uh, about it for Dr. Stone tonight. I don't know. You boys got anything else? I got nothing. That was massive. I'm right. drained of Dr. Stone. <laughs> yeah. For real. Good shit, though, you guys. Excellent. Holy shit. What a combo. Yes. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 343 of My Hero Academia. And the chapter title is Let You Down. Uh, mm. it's time it's, well, real. we're pretty pretty close to time you know what I mean like, this is like the chapter before time but like holy shit it's really happening right now <laughs> I was not ready for like the last like five pages of this chapter I was like oh my god right now right now okay it's here it's, it's going down Accelerato. yeah <laughs> man loved this chapter yeah, it was it's really good. Um, I I kind of want to start with um, the I think that the first two pages are probably the most important for scene setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, I 
I think it's really so. Has anybody here read My Hero Vigilante? Not, not, not in any Yes, way. but I'm not caught up. Yeah, that's fair. Have you met um the policeman's sister? Yes. Yeah, her quirk is can it's a lie detector quirk. So I think uh... when he mentions the guy who originally had this power was dull, disappointed of a man, his descendant is much better with it. Through a twist of fate, they wound up working with all might to threaten me. And I believe that is what uh, Neomasa Sukaichi, which is uh, that detective that came in with the trench coat and stuff and uh, was last seen with, like, the five o'clock shadow, the tactical vest, giving off, like, the countdown. I believe that's his ability. His quirk has never been disclosed. But his sister has it in My Hero Vigilante. So I think it's his, too. Oh, I think damn. that's a great theory. Yeah, that's so, good shit. Yeah. I don't have it, I don't have enough context, but like I can feel the the weight of that. That sounds really good. Yes. Yeah. I've looked at his Wikipedia entry and his ability is listed as as a police detective, he likely possesses above average powers of deduction. And I'm like, he's got the lie detector. He's got the polygraph in his veins. Yo, that's uh, such a good quirk for for a detective to have too. I I, mm -hmm. I, I bet you he went into you know being a detective oh, yeah. because of that maybe yeah yeah why, why uh, wouldn't you there's <laughs> like a reporter or something like that so. that works too yeah so i think that's important and then um the fact that like so if you zoom in page two you zoom mm. in on uh uh the mama oh aoyama's mom eyes. yeah zoom in on our eyes they're blank faded white either it's like you know that sort of like gr indicates a grave emotional estate you know like given up and stuff but i was thinking that it is shinzo's brainwashing to control them so that there is no ill intent damn oh. Dude, I didn't even notice that her eyes were open on this panel at the bottom of page two. I thought, like, we just couldn't see her eyes or they were closed or something. I didn't even, like, notice that her eye was open it's just and, like, shaded, glossed open. over. Yo. So I feel like it's Shinzo's thing because he's like, how the fuck did they lie to me? Yeah. Without tipping me off. And it's like, because they weren't answering you. They weren't lying. They were just repeating what they were told to say. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's killer, Mellow. But yeah, that's it uh, for the first two pages. I mean, the McCallum thing, like, I saw someone on Twitter do, like, a breakdown of, like, the 20-year the, like, the yeah. McCallum. And, like, uh, so, like, the 14-year and the 20-year, or, like, 18-year, it's, like, a jump from 60 bucks to 240 bucks. So, Ooh. 16 in between there. 16 is that age where it's, like, it jumps between 60 and, like, 240. And I'm, like, Jesus Christ. Dude, that's brilliant, um, man. I love that shit. It's like, that's where the price increases or something like that, if you're going with, like, the thing. And he's always had, like, a lot of alcohol references, too. He was, like, he called the Nomu wine mm. at one point. Wow. Uh, what a bougie fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but no, dude, like, that, that Shinso shit is, like, really fucking just, like, frying my shit right now, bro. Like, that's gotta, that's <laughs> gotta be what's going on here. Like, I'm just so... So blown away by that idea. Good shit. 
But nah, dude, this chapter was fucking beautiful, man. Like, I love this scene with Aoyama. Not only was it, like, super, like, subversive for me, like, I definitely, like, just could not see through the scene at all until everything was kind of, like, revealed and laid out. But, like, mm -hmm. just everything in their conversation, like, the dialogue is so poetic and just so on point, and the imagery is just all there. Like, this is just a spectacular chapter that Horikoshi dropped on us. And then, of course, going into the cliffhanger is insane. But I love this fucking Aoyama. It's like, like you know, his little fake monologue <laughs> or whatever, like what he thinks uh, yeah. all for one wants to hear right now. Yeah, it's just, it's just it's so oh, good. I mean, if this had dropped um, before the end of last year, end of last year, I would have definitely nominated this for like monologue of the year. For oh, the yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah, this like, is definitely the monologue that stands out for me in recent memory, too. Yeah, I mean, probably because it, it just happened, obviously. But, but still, like, I just can't think of too many banger monologues off the top of my head. That's why The I monologue lasts three pages. Like, yeah. It's like two and a half pages tops. Like, I mean, three, too, because, like, they're on, like, eight, it trails off, and then four, it trails off so like three pages man a monologue that's a lot of dedicated dialogue and like he makes so many salient points too he's just like hey man the way things used to be the old ways of thinking do not apply like it'd be like hey you know in mad max who are you gonna call the police jokes on you dude like yeah oh man it Yeah, man. What do you guys think of like his dialogue? Do you, I feel like he has a lot of like salient points? Um, OG, why don't you go? Why don't you go first? How do you feel about how do you feel about this situation? So, which part are we talking about? The monologue, uh, like the uh, yeah. all for one's like big goal, big plan, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it's perfect. I think it perfectly fits into the story because it ties into everything. Um, and it's funny because like the meme today was like uh afo is literally just a capitalist <laughs> it's yeah. so funny yeah he wants but, to make um, a quirk bank or whatever <laughs> he wants to yeah. just be super capitalist villain yeah a quirk bank <laughs> that's crazy yeah. but it's cool because like everything goes back to that first sentence or that early sentence of like uh people aren't born equal and like this is what it's getting at is like what do you do about this just this natural phenomenon of people being on hierarchies and then the you have like these few people who have the means to just control everything like what do you do about it so it's very exciting mm -hmm. so yeah the monologue definitely slaps um and aoyama like shit this shit had me fooled i'm like yeah really He's really folding. Yeah, he really and then did he, that. And then he hit he but he hit buddy with the three sixty no scope, but like, <laughs> yeah, dude, this 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 was some fire um, monologue. Not only because it's coming from Aoyama in a moment where it's really meaningful for him to like get shine and focus like this and show his resolve in the way he did, but. Also because it's like super pertinent information that we've been waiting a long time to get. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but this yeah, man just... Aoyama deserves an Oscar, fam. Oh my god! Because I swear to God, I was right there with you, Eagle. Like no way, this motherfucker folded. 
He really went back on it. It's the end of Aoyama forever now. This is going to fucking shake the streets up so drastically. And then, right. nope, hit the fucking 360 joint on. And it's, and it's still his fighting style, too. Like, even in this moment where everything, the tensions are the highest they've ever been. He's still got his hands behind the head with the, you know, the, the Aoyama flamboyance that we love him for. <laughs> uh, I'm a, do you I want y'all to... Go ahead, Mel. Oh, um... I just... Man... Oh, God, sorry. Like, I was just thinking about, like, the way he does, like, the spin thing. I was yeah. wondering, because, like, it reminded me of, like, ice skaters. And I was wondering, because, like, they occasionally do stuff like that to, like, stabilize themselves while they're spinning while also, like, tightening. Like, because if you spread out your arms, you can spin slower. Whereas if you tighten your chest, mm. you can spin faster. So, like, it's a way to control him literally pirouetting. Um I was just wondering about that, because I was like, why does he do that? So, anybody care to take a guess at how much a bottle of 40-year McAllen costs? I actually saw it on Twitter, so I'm not going to say anything, but it's up there. It depends on the collection and, like, the malt and, and the make year, but... Just ballpark. I'm. Um, it's literally like tens of thousands. Like this fucking oh. McAllen, the McAllen Red Collection, forty year Scotch whiskey, single malt, thirty thousand dollars. McAllen yeah. forty year old Sherry Oak, twenty seventeen release, single malt Scotch whiskey, seventy two thousand dollars. You want to guess how much this one made in uh, nineteen forty six? Is hundred thousand, hundred twenty four thousand dollars, hundred seventy nine thousand dollars, dude. Like this is some ridiculously expensive fucking whiskey. Holy shit! Dude, look up, uh, Look up uh, Henry the Fourth, dude in Yon Heritage. That's the most expensive bottle of of liquor that I've ever seen. And and I thought that that's why I just threw out the number. You know that I did. How do you spell dude in? D U D O G N O N. I don't even know if I'm oh, pronouncing dog? that properly. It might be Dudognan, but like. Oh, Dudog, yeah, Dudognan. I just, I just threw like a twang on it that I don't even know exists or not. Dudignon. <laughs> you know, I just threw it. I just did that myself. But yeah, that bottle's expensive as fuck. And. That's why I threw out the number that I did when you asked, guess how much this shit costs, because I was just expecting, like, a mind-blowing number, like, when I got my mind blown by that bottle of cognac <laughs> that you're searching right now, because that shit's, like, $2 million. Oh, I can't even find it on... Henry Ford. If you can't it's out of your price range. Yeah. Henry <laughs> Ivy Dudognan Heritage. Oh, And then God. go to shopping. Oh wait, no, not shopping. Oh, here we go. Here but we go. You could probably just go to the results, and yeah, it'll say right there. But yeah, that shit looks wild. The bottle is crazy, I, and and I, I don't even know like any like real information about this cognac, but like the way you were talking about McAllen and how it's aged and like the barrel and all of these factors and whatnot, I don't think any of that is present inside of this cognac. I think it's just you know the price of a label. Right, kind of like you know Prada and mm -hmm. other kinds of like shit, where it's just like expensive because it's that thing. You know what I mean? There's not really a process Great for Goose the expensiveness. Yeah, Great Goose literally did that. Um, back in the day, it was like basically on the same level as like those plastic gallon mm -hmm. bins of like Hawkeye, Korsky, like Popov vodka. Mm -hmm. um, 
and the guy and the business was literally going under some guy scrapped it up for super cheap and he changed the bottle to glass and started pre present like jacked the price like 500 percent and then started branding it as like a, a classy you know club drink he didn't change the recipe at all it's just the same vodka oh my god so you're yeah. just paying for all bottle or whatever and like name yeah it's just you're just yeah. paying for bottle and like pseudo brand recognition like yeah. that's it jesus yeah right what a tangent oh. that was back to <laughs> back to my hero sorry about that <laughs> the art man is yeah. fantastic um what do you think of like afos like outfit because he, he's got the double-breasted like he's got the classic double-breasted suit he's got a full-on like vest uh oh i didn't even notice the vest it's got like paisley that. designs and shit on it it's a three-piece yeah damn like, i didn't even realize that you can see it even closer on page 14 uh where he's even got like kind of like it's like a breast suit that's also chainmail made. Yeah, I thought it was just armor. I didn't even like realize that that was the vest right bit. there too. I thought this was like all underneath the suit, but no, this is like, yeah, this is just, yeah, wow, that's the vest. Holy shit! Kind of goes to show yeah. that like he already thinks he's won because he's like he said before like I love to like wait years and years and then reap the fruits of my hard work. It's like. He thinks he's reaping the fruits of his hard work, like now. He's, like, he's ready to celebrate. Like he's got the bougie clothes, he's got the Gucci, he's got, he's got the fifty thousand dollar whiskey and drinks. Like he thinks he's already won. Yeah, he's celebrating right now. Oh wow. Yeah, dude, he actually bothered to bring out a whole new face. He's like, I got my cool bad guy helmet. Yeah. I've been this baby's been collecting dust in a secret bunker forever, baby. I yeah. finally got the occasion. Let's go. Um, I love his mask. It's so cool. Yeah, man. Like, this is one hell of a drawing of all for one. Like, I remember turning the page about... into this, and I was like, yo, this helmet thing is new. I don't remember it looking like that. Sorry, OG. What were you I saying? Love... No, you're good. Can we also talk about how it looks like he gave Dobby a new outfit, and then meanwhile, Shigaraki doesn't even have a shirt. <laughs> he just has a collar. <laughs> yo, I didn't even right. realize that Dobby got some new drip going. Yeah, Wait Shigaraki's a minute. Like yeah, and Shigaraki is just, <laughs> just a the burlap sack and birthday suit. Burlap I mean, that's what's left of his cloak, because you can yeah, see that cloak. large gap that happened from when his arms went, like, full Tetsuo. Oh, yeah, because this came from, from Akira. Yeah, this is Exilus. This is Exilus's cape that he stole at that first raid in the, at the start mm -hmm. of the Paranormal Liberation Front War. I didn't even, like, think that he was still rocking the same shit. Yeah, so he's got that. I do you guys think that like Toya uh, Dobby's like outfit is vaguely reminiscent of Shoto's battle gear? Okay. Like it's like an all white version, kind of of his like of utility his... suit. Yeah, a little maybe. I'd have to. I can't see. Where's Todoroki? I can kind of see it, but not really. Yeah, I wish I could. I wish Todoroki was like present in this chapter like that, so that we could really compare. I don't think I can see him in this but last yeah, page. I I dig it. Um, I like it's interesting because he's like wearing all white, which is like a symbol of death too, like in yeah. in the culture. So like I think that's really interesting. Um, I love All for One's skull pointing out at like tape page ten. Where he's like, splendidly done, you guy, Oyama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, 
that's like underneath all that chrome. It's very Mysterio kind of thing, you know? Yeah, Mysterio, fucking mm-hmm. Cosmic Ghost Rider. Uh, oh, man, Mystery Men, the fucking bowling ball mm-hmm. with the yes. skull in it. <laughs> yes, he's such, like... Yo. AFO is such a slut for theatrics. It's hilarious. Um, Yo. Okay, so wait uh, a minute. So he's taking his jacket off on 14. Then there's this black goop that everybody teleports out of. Is that the jacket? The jacket is turning into their, like, warp no. points? No. Because the jacket is just gone yeah, oh. he just tossed it off. He's he like tossed it, it to off. The ground. Sure, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's like, nope. I need to be able to like reach out. I've got my sleeves rolled up already. Let's toss down. Yeah, I guess and, that is kind of uh, dumb. Why would the jacket be? I think part of the reason he took it off was because Aoyama shot him in the arm. He's like, well, yeah, f this ruins. Yeah, I don't know why I thought like, yeah, let me take this jacket off. It has a special property that allows me to teleport you guys in here. Like, no, this is a fucking quirk, obviously. Yeah, because he's a. I mean, I think it's because like undead unluck like blood the cat being like oh, on the brain shit. a little bit yeah 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 could be that um, we did just talk about that but yeah he's used this quirk before when um he teleported all the nomu away when they first found his like the first few nomu labs yeah in the series yeah and this yeah. is very you know obviously reminiscent of like kurugiri's like warp you know technique or whatever so it's like they're both kind of like on both sides they have this exact same kind of ability and technique i guess i just like didn't think about really where all for ones was coming from because it is a different effect like it's like splat it's like symbiote like venom symbiote splashy kind of gooey uh you know entrance points but then kurogiri's is obviously very voidy very like um, yeah you know smoky miasma kind of effect so I love that Monoma was able to copy his quirk. Monoma goat right now for this. So And he's like super subtle, like half shown in that like bottom right panel. You know what I'm saying? So you almost miss Mm -hmm. him. Like, yo, what the fuck? Is Kurogiri like here right now? And it's like, nah, it's Monoma cooking. It's like, we figured out your trick, dude. Yeah. Awesome. That's so cool. Look at Mirko. That's a... Yeah. Oh Look yeah. Merkel with the, with the new duds and shit, bro. That that fist looks crazy. The leg is like prosthetic. A, yeah, the the prosthetic like leg thing is cool. It reminds me of like um amputee like marathon runners. They always they have Oscar, Oscar Pistorius. Yeah, there you go. They have that like kind of prosthetic Olsen's that's legs. like that's has like shock and bounce in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the way that it kind of like works when you apply pressure yeah. to it. Yeah, that's like so like right a, for Merkel. Question mark. Yeah, yeah, like a question mark. Yeah, yeah, like that's just yeah, so perfect for Mirko. Yeah. I like that they designed it to be a way that like is slightly um, rabbit-like. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering about her arm too. So she does she only have one arm? Yep, she lost the other arm. It got twisted up like a braid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd think uh, they could put some prosthesis on that too, right? I don't know. Isn't that the prosthetic though? Yeah, the that's one what I'm thinking it is. is. Yeah. Because it's like, it looks like a giant fucking robot arm. Yeah, like that doesn't look... So we're not talking about her other arm? No, her Uh, her right arm is good. Her left arm is the one she lost. That's what we're looking at right now on this last page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she opposite arm and leg. Yep. You just... Yeah, you just... The perspective doesn't let you see the other arm. Mm. Oh, yeah, so you thought that was the arm since it's not shown, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, no, that is the new arm. That's the one that... When I got bent up. That bitch back. looks like it's got some action on it. Yeah, I know. Like, I need to see this thing open up. It looks like it opens up into some, yeah, into some weapons left. Oh, that'd be some. Hold oh, on. man. 
I imagine it has like like a thing where like she can like twist it in a certain way and like the gauntlet kind of shape around it could like fold out like an umbrella and like yeah, that's what I'm block some. Yeah, I'm yeah. seeing that too. Oh man, I'm stupid excited for this upcoming like battle royale. Yeah, look at Deku's facial expression on this last page too. He's like it's not I don't know, you compare this to like, you know, similar panels that we've gotten of him, you know, squatted up about to go into action and he's just never looked this confident. Like this drawing of him, like mm -hmm. he looks so much more mature than he usually does. He's like no more games, this is it. I'm here and I don't feel out of place this time. I'm actually the leader. God damn it. Let's fucking get these guys Center out of stage, here. Man. Yeah, like that's Center just stage. so like holy shit, we've come so far. This is what I was talking about like years ago when we first started the show when, when we were talking about like people's complaints about Deku and how long he you know had been you know a crybaby and all of these things and it's like man this development that we've gotten from chapter one to where we're at here at this climactic point of this like final battle and it's like thinking back to how long it took Deku to get tight is slapping so hard right now in this retrospective the glow up is just like like it was long, it was tedious, he didn't stop breaking his bones when he used his abilities until like a hundred chapters into this shit. You know what I mean? Like, we, I appreciate that so much more now that we're here. And that's what I was saying all those years ago. Like, I feel like people will complain about it now, and then when he's really glowing and floating out here, they're gonna look back and be like, you wanna know what? This was not a problem. <laughs> At least, True. that's what I would like to think. That the people who complain about Deku nah. are feeling you right know how the but it are. is the internet yeah, yeah nah he was yeah. still a bitch <laughs> he was still a bitch he was a pussy he yeah. cried yeah like, now well, he's he raw now he he's raw he be beating ass now yeah but he, he was a bitch yeah god i fucking hate he didn't people. send a letter to AFO <laughs> saying one beat one me behind the school three o'clock loser yeah he didn't send it he had to use a trick that means he's a wimp oh um, no no, but like I love like the visual storytelling cues in here because mm. like you get the double spread, you get the big like hero and villain spreads, and like AFO is in the the like the background, right? He leads from behind. He lets other people do the fighting, and then like Deku is in the front, mm. front line, front and center, doing the work along with everybody else. And I was like, that's so indicative of their characters. Literally uh, on the front line with Endeavor and Mirko. Yo. Yeah. And, gang, I mean, Orca, gang Orca. Mr. Wash. Like, Holy I love Fat Gums there. Yeah, is that 13 or Mr. Wash? That is Mr. Wash. Yeah. Mr. Wash. Oh! Yeah. Wash and Wash about to put in some work. <laughs> Dude, the beefiest, like, Mr. Clean, like, like marketing kind of guy he's the dude that stuck through all the hazing that like society <laughs> did to like cause people to just drop out of heroism like yeah. on mass and i'm like mr wash is a g like yeah, that's the licenseless writer of my hero <laughs> be like oh i'm a bitch ass heteromorph how about <laughs> what you think you're saying <laughs> centrifuge attack <laughs> Oh, just tossing civilians in like what you got to say now bitch huh oh no yeah. and i could just see them bubbling out like <laughs> oh, we man. fucked up we fucked up wash is cold oh no wash is cold <laughs> hey who and is then... this in the top left it looks like fucking neko mamushi above wash have we seen um, that character before that's the uh that's guard dog guy 
Uh, oh, yeah. He was the guy that was around when Gentle was trying to break in. Exactly. And then... Mm. Uh, we've got Our Lady who can do... We've got, you know, Sun Eater and... Uh, Fat God, Gum. Her power was like spirals. Neji Ray. Uh, Neji Ray, yeah. I'm so glad Fat Gum's here. He's like one of my favorite adults in the series. Yes. I love that Gang Orca's there because he was a great antagonist in Horikoshi's like prior series. Mm, I didn't even uh, know that. Holy shit, What? Yeah, they reused the character and made him a hero, and I was Yo. like, I like that. That's cool. Like, waste not, want not. That I appreciate that. Awesome. Kind of shit. I love getting, uh, like, love information like that. We got Edshot, yeah, Endeavor, and then we got, like, these three kind of just random, like, fucko heroes in the back, like this guy with the <laughs> horns, and then this this other guy with the horns, and not then this fucko. dude. This howls moving castle-looking guy. This dude with the pantalones back here, three musketeers with the pinstripes and shit. Like, oh, yeah, with the fucking, like, barbershop sign yeah. pants. <laughs> Ragtime guy. Some fucking Zorro attire. <laughs> Dude, nah, he looks like how's the howl from the moving castle, you know? Yeah, um, that's funny. Oh man. So yeah, yeah. But I think all of the movie there's still a lot of moving parts here. And like yeah, yeah, there's yeah. gonna be a lot of people that are have yet to show up that to this confrontation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like we're missing some key players here within this confrontation. Like we're missing one B. Think, you obviously think Bakugo would be here. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Todoroki has to be here with Endeavor for the, you know, the climactic Dobby uh, shit. closing of this Dobby storyline, right? Yeah. So, there's still some more people on the way. Like, okay, Uraraka's not here. Maybe they're running recon. Maybe they're running, like, disaster control, you know, like, controlling collateral damage. But, I don't know. Some of I them mean, more, seem more suited to be here right now. And some of them, you know, rightfully should be based on their character arcs and shit. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely still got some people pulling up here, I think. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be like, all right, no, before anybody else shows up, kill that Manoma kid. <laughs> and that's going to yeah. be like a point, of, a point of tension. I feel like that's going to be a thing, because I think they have need the Vanguard, and then Manoma's going to slowly phase in more guys as, mm -hmm. this, that's, as yeah. the battle progresses, because mm -hmm. Toga still has twice his blood. What better way to counter the Sad Man uh, Parade revival tour yeah. than... Yeah. Uh, more reinforcements. One B is coming having. in. Yeah, they're gonna. Get I think it could be chalked up to that. Just like a simple like threshold for the ability. Like he just copied it. He can't necessarily transport like a shit. Like this is a lot of people. He's not a Nomu. But he can't transport their entire force. You know, at once. Like he's like, yeah. bro, I just got this fucking quirk. Chill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure he's explicitly stated like he can't use it to the degree that the that the quirk holder can themselves anyway. Right. Yeah. He's got it for so. three minutes and it needs to last. Okay. I need to get yeah. in, get out. Like yeah. boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, Maximum then... capacity in like multiple waves. Yeah, yeah. Three hundred pounds max capacity. Uh, no. So. On page six, seven, because um, we always have this whole idea of like Deku reaching his hand out to save others mm -hmm. and like reaching out to people and then seeing like all for one's hand with its like stigmata and stuff. And like he's like, he's tossing a ball up in the air and the earth comes down into his hand. Like the, the world is just a toy to him. And the only way he's reaching out to something is if he wants to take possession of it as opposed to, like, ever saving anything. So I like wow. that, like, visual parallel a Ooh, lot. That's tight. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, that was cool, bro. Holy shit. Horikoshi, just his imagery game is just so disgusting. Like, I swear to God, like, I love whenever he incorporates, like, visual symbolism and imagery like this to, like, tell more. Because he's already spitting in dialogue written on the page. But the between the lines shit that you get through the imagery is, like, just as potent as the dialogue whenever it's used. And I just, like, love Horikoshi for that. Hell yeah. Man. So. I don't know if I had too much more for this uh, for this My Hero chapter, though. I feel like we went through this whole shit and talked yeah, about, like, every empty. page. Yeah, I think, yeah, think my bag is my, empty, yeah. My bag is empty. I think that's about it. Yeah, too, for me. OG. Uh, OG, anything else from you? I just really want to find out who this villain with the dreadlocks is. It looks unreasonably cool. <laughs> let me see, let me see. Uh, on the villain page. Yeah. You know, his silhouette was teased earlier when oh. they were doing the Tartarus jailbreak arc, and he's mm -hmm. like the hired guns arc. His silhouette and the dude at the hat silhouette were posted out there. Um, this dude uh, underneath him looks like a fucking Pokemon. Dude, and he was <laughs> in the previous chapter with uh, when Spinner was like, you are the leader of the heteromorphs. Like, you're going to be the face of the heteromorphs. Um and his he's in the background standing over all these other dudes. Mm, the, okay, I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see the dude you're talking about. Yeah, yeah it, it looks, looks like, like a, a fucking Pokemon. Yeah, like generation yeah. like nine. Face <laughs> no, like but I also would like shit. to say, yeah. I did find this Henry Dudenyon, a two million dollar bottle of champagne. It's a cognac, it's, I thought. It's it's a cognac champagne. It's uh, oh, Henry that's... Henry the Fourth Dudignan Heritage Cognac Grande Champagne, two million dollars. Uh, the Gross. cognac itself has been aged for a hundred years, and the bottle is coated in twenty four karat gold. Oh, so a platinum it... oh. casing and covered with diamonds. Yeah, so it is an aging thing. So there is a little bit more to it than just the bottle and the name or whatever. No, yeah, like the aging definitely has to do with yeah uh, the. Fineness or the potent. I don't know. I don't want necessarily want to say the potency, but you know. I mean, it's been aged since uh, 1899. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. What a Jesus fucking crazy Christ. bottle of alcohol. Thanks yeah, for thanks for wild. looking that up and dropping that because like I was totally just convinced that like the it was all bottle. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I mean, mean a bot the bottle is a big part of it because yeah. it's obviously like diamond encrusted. And it's got diamonds encrusted on yeah. it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. That's a picture of it when, in the Discord thread. I know you can't look at it right now, Knox, but yeah, yeah. you've already seen Low it. Low-key right? looks kind of ugly. Just going to put that out there. Hey, <laughs> hey, I, I edited this picture. Hold on, let me look at the one that you sent. Yeah, I edited this and put Gojo's face <laughs> on the top of the bottle because it's got, like, the band, the black, like, hey. you know, band, and then the spiky hair. I, like, put Gojo's face. I'm going to find the tweet and send it to you. Under guys. heaven and earth, only I am worth $2 million. <laughs> yeah. I think I just said Gojo liquor. Anyway, yeah. That ain't, even it. That ain't even it like that, actually. What no, that's not even the one, bro. What are you talking about? This is the one. Oh. Yeah, I think this is, like, the exact one that I edited, too. That's the one. Yeah, that shit looks fucking beautiful. <laughs> oh. That that other one was a fucko bottle. That shit was just gold and <laughs> platinum. That's the diamond. This is the real diamond encrusted that's joint. That's the right diamond here. joint. Yeah. Okay, okay. But hey, that's it for my hero this week. Yeah, I'm good, too. Mm -hmm. All righty. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and move into the Peace Daily Zistons, the last chapter of the night. 
Chapter 1040 of One Piece. <laughs> Wasted words on young ears. And this uh, this cover story, the continuation of the German Double Sixes and Emotionless Excursion. We got, you know, Niji and uh, Yonji kind of hemmed up in the book here just thinking about, man, we really got our asses beat by this girl. <laughs> <laughs> she is not playing around, yo. Yeah. Just chilling, nailing and chest. You already know. Anytime I get to see Big Mom on Menace shit, oh, <laughs> that's all me. Look at her too. She's just like, ah, you suck. I'm fading all y'all. Girl, like, no got hope. Niji by the neck and said, bow, bitch. What you talking about? Get out of yeah. here. Sock Yonji and his shit. Tongue out like Jordan. Ah, get in the goat. book. <laughs> get in the book. All right, here we go to Wano. Yeah. Fuck you, mean. Yeah. What do you think of uh, her swan song? Oh, yeah, in this shit? Her swan song, right? Okay, so... This is her swan song chapter. I basically. guess, should we... Are we under the presumption or the assumption that she's, like, actually dead dead? Hell no. Nah. I, I don't think alive. so either, really. What'd you say, OG? I said she's definitely still alive. Yeah. 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 I, I think I would agree as well, just based on One Piece. Yeah. Not past. just because it's One Piece, but also she's like, I'm not gonna let this kill me. Right, right, so yeah. It's like she wouldn't, she wouldn't just be wrong about that. At the same time, though, it's like, like gotta be more man. grandiose, like send off for her character, like, like dialogue wise. I want to say. At the same time, though, it's like, man, these characters, like, if if any characters, you know, logically should die, it's like these monstrous fucking characters with these monumental wills that aren't gonna, you know, yeah. Like we all know about Luffy's power, you know he, you know he'll rally people to his side. He's a he's a attractive soul that you know just makes you his friend. But these are like vicious Yonko that have been ruling the seas for years, and they're not gonna like their will isn't gonna bend or break to anybody, you know. So yeah. Big Mom, it's like, how does the story like move forward with her still chilling in the world? Like you know. It's not like, okay, Moria's still alive. He's making his moves, but at the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things, somewhat inconsequential. Yeah. Big Mom, Kaido, these are characters, like, if they're still alive out here, any moves they make are going to be, like, major-ass moves. I yeah. guess, you know, and once Luffy beats him, it's like, okay, now we're on to the next. Like, he can handle him, but doesn't doesn't make it any less of a, you know, valid point or a threat that these characters would still exist. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I think... Hmm. We gotta do the Elbif so, shit. We gotta go to Elbif eventually, right? So it's like... That's I how know. I can see her continuing to, to be in the story. But... Also, like, if she survives this, she can literally just pop up anywhere for whatever reason with, like, whatever motivations yeah. of, of getting back at Luffy or something. Like, Oda can literally write anything if she survives this. She's going down yeah. and do a hole to... Not be seen again for a while, so anything can happen. I was in that thinking time. cipher pole, like interfering by like getting her out of there oh. after she's fallen. Like Cy like cipher pole would be like, no, 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 we need you to maintain the balance of the world government. Your existence is necessary. We didn't plan for you losing. You know, oh, damn. we still need you to shut them down. Because they must be shut down, period. And we'll throw off the, po the power balance too crazy. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. on that falls. note, on that note, yeah, that, that that would be the best play the government could make is to make it seem like, okay, they're so terrified of the power balance being thrown off 
that like if it is going to be thrown off and they can't do anything about it, they might as well try and play it to an angle where it's like, okay, this was our decision. You know, we're yeah. in a point now, we're in a position now where we don't give a fuck about the power balance being thrown off anymore. Like they let Luffy beat their ass, capture him, bring him back to Navy headquarters, and all of a sudden it's like execution of Big Mom and, and Kaido, even though they've tried with Kaido. Doesn't work. Big yeah. Mom has similar durability, so Yeah. I just yeah, but that that makes like a that makes sense to me. Like it would be a valid play for the world government to say, like, hey, we upset the power balance, like we went took down these two Yonko, we're suppressing this information. Luffy didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fear us, uh, not Luffy. <laughs> yeah. That and then they could also probably fabricate a story that Luffy was working with Kaido and Big Mom and has escaped Ooh. capture thus far. And then the only people that are going to be like, no, it's Wano, the Wano people will be, but they're also such an isolated country. How is that information going to leave its borders and be like, how does the real story get projected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about spin control. And I think whether she lives or dies is entirely predicated on what Cypherpole decides to do with her. Also, I wanted to, I kind of want to ask you guys, Kid Luffy and Law, are all taking part in taking down Yonkos. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to go forward with the Goko system, where it's like those three plus Blackbeard and Shanks, or like are we going to oh sure. move more along the lines of like Blackbeard said he's making a play right now. Is he going to kill Shanks? Does Shanks die, freeing up a position for? Luffy Law and Kid, and now it's Luffy Law Kid and Blackbeard and the full, um, what what word am I thinking of? Uh, Usurping the full usurping of the thrones has been completed by the the worst generation. Oh, so all the Yonko are replaced by Super Nova. Hundred percent get replaced by the people that defeated them. And it's a controversial take, and I've gotten flamed for it on social media platforms before, but I do, really? believe, I do believe Shanks will probably die. And I, I think it, I I think think it would be very, very like gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching, and also like meaningful and a big drive for Luffy's character if he died before Luffy got to give him the hat back. I've been advocating that for a oh, while. Oh, shit. He's not going to get to give the hat back. Blackbeard like kill him too before that. Much man, like Ace and not being able to give the hat back. It's like God damn, that's like so much. I've literally never thought about this question that you that you just asked right now about like the new Yonko system. So I definitely want to get back to that. But like, damn, if Shanks dies, because I've definitely been inside of the camp that's like, yeah, it makes sense. Like if we're gonna kill another major player before the end of the series, that it would be Shanks. You know what I mean? I, I have a hard time believing that Ace and Whitebeard are gonna be like. The two only like wildly significant deaths in the series. Yeah, um, and I mean, Luffy's character is all about Shanks. perseverance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, think, continue. I, well, I just like I was just gonna say like I think it makes sense for Shanks to go, but like I can't really um, picture the circumstances at all. And definitely like the hat situation, I completely forgot about too. So now I'm like, damn, he's definitely got to give that hat back. I guess, but really, I'm think, wondering, right? I, yeah, I guess, really, I'm wondering is is not so much is is Oda going to make the decision to kill Shanks or not? The bigger question is, is he going to make the decision to not give us that scene? <laughs> yeah, because that's a bigger one. I want to say. Mm. Damn. 
and I do like the whole usurpation of like the whole replacement of the Yonko with the next generation. Yeah. I think that makes sense, especially with the the theme of the story. And then you can go back to like having the three V the three warlords fighting the one new warlord in Blackbeard because He's like, well, you took away my opportunity to give back that head. I need to hunt you down and murder you. Like, this is... Gada. But... Man, because it's like, okay, Blackbeard... I think it would be more meaningful for us than Luffy. Because, like, Luffy's at a point now where... He's not really on that, like, revenge-type energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's... Like, it's it's Pirate King time. I'm a beacher ass while I'm here, and then I'm back to this money. Yeah, like... Would how how much if at all would he like resent Blackbeard for killing Shanks when he knows like the type of man Shanks is and like he's not gonna he's not gonna go out like a hoe first of all and yeah. he doesn't take any moves that don't directly tie in with what he wants to do you know right. he's a free man he respects himself and his crew he's like never gonna put him in a situation where. He doesn't feel like their actions are warranted. Like we know this from the bar scene with Makino or Makina and, and Hig- um, Higuma, the fucking mountain mm-hmm. bandit. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like it might be a situation where Luffy, you know, just Luffy's like, just like we're both just going to like the same with, place. I'll see you when we get there, bitch. Just like with Blackbeard and Ace, he's like, yeah. I don't necessarily blame you for what happened to Ace. You know what I'm saying? But. At the end of the day, we're still rivals. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna beat your ass when that time comes, but ain't no. We're not no veering real. off course to go find you and beat your ass. Yeah. Yeah, it's like no. well, I'll see you at I'll see you at Laugh Tale, buddy. Yeah. Type shit. And it might be that same kind of energy with Shanks. You know, it might might light a fire under him too. You know, and be that impetus towards that animosity between Blackbeard and Luffy. But who knows? With the type of character Luffy is, you know, he might just shrug it off a little bit. Chalk it up to. Um, it's like he told, ah, I'm blanking on these, these key moments where he's taking these lessons from Shank, Shanks. <laughs> Who does he say it to like, there's no fair fighting in the pirate world? Oh, Rowling? man, I can't remember. Like, all's fair in love and war, basically. You know, oh, and yeah. we're all pirates, and this is the life we're living. Yeah, I can't remember. They're all scoundrels. I think I remember um, that conversation, yeah. Speaking of, like, past moments, uh, on page six, I liked that Law had uh, the silent room. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool callback, and I was like, how is he doing that? Like, Well, if he can manipulate, um, yeah. basically, like, if you're in the room, it's his rules. We've seen him do that, like, on a physical degree with, like, body parts and whatnot, but, like, he can probably control... And extension now. Yeah, he can probably control the... uh, you know things like that inside of the room too. I don't think that that's too outside the realm yeah. of possibility. Oh, but also, like either. this could be like an awakening thing. Could also be like flexibility. Something like that he's able. What to do makes because... a room, etc. Yeah, like if this is only something that he can do because of awakening, then that makes it feel a little bit better. And like, but I mean, like it's still. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say the word random because, like I was saying, it's like if he controls the rules inside of inside of the rooms that he creates, then. I can see him being like no sound in here, and, I, and he just got the idea from Rosinante mm-hmm. that it was always inside of his capabilities. True. Just like thinking about like a, an evolving perception mm-hmm. of like how to apply his ability. Yeah, type shit. We see that all the time in One Piece too. Mm-hmm. That that evolution inside of Devil Fruit Control. So, 
not that crazy to me. Oof. Hell yeah. I think yeah, the fucking she... panel on seven, like this double page spread, I think actually mm -hmm. is what it is. I can't tell because my like view is a little like weird. I have this on like a yeah, it's a little, it's like this. two thirds. Yeah. Okay. So this is a double. Like six and seven is the spread though, not like seven and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. six and seven. But yeah, this like law shit, law splitting Miss Misery or Lady Misery or whatever in half. Like as he gets out of the way, the explosion from the cannon and shit. Like just felt like a fucking action movie. This is like such a cool perspective, like a little, yeah. little Oda flex. Like I'm not used to. You don't usually get panels like these. I guess is what I'm saying. It's been a while for that. Like yeah. the art style and delivery has definitely changed over time. So it's like interesting to see that again. Um, that's what that's what how... these these cloud this cloud woman is right. That's her name or whatever. Yeah, like Eagle Lady or Miss Misery. That's her, her so. like the newest homie <laughs> that she made on the battlefield. Miss Misery, right? Her name is Eagle? Hera, I believe, but that's like the attack or the form is Misery. Oh, Hera, um, Hera Mother's Visit, something like that. Right, mm. but like this thing that he, that Law slices in half on seven. Misery, the, yeah. Misery, misery okay, yeah. okay, okay. So it's in the Katakuri versus Luffy fight. Katakuri apologizes to Luffy after the flampe shit. He's like, I'm sorry, I didn't even notice her needles. Luffy says, fairness isn't given in a pirate fight. <clears throat> um, mm. Fairness isn't given in a pirate fight. It's my fault because I couldn't dodge them. So, like, Luffy has a pretty firm grasp on, like, just pirate lifestyle and the fact that shit ain't sweet out here. You know, right. people die and no fight is fair. No fight has to be fair. We're pirates, you know? Mm-hmm. And if Shanks dies pursuing his dream, like I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to beat a dead horse there. I just was no. looking for that clip. Yeah, no, you wanted found to it. tie it back in. Yeah, yeah, no, that feels good. Yeah, because that was in the back of my head too. Ever since you brought it up, I was like, I can't. I remember the conversation. I just can't remember who had it. So that was kind of driving me crazy too. A little bit. Page eleven. Orochi's. Remember how he's had that kind of mirage thing? I like that the courtesan has basically um, the Kitsune mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, as for the Cypher Pulse Fives, I, I like that touch because he was like, is this real? It's like, definitely not real. You're in a spell. Yeah. Like, they're just there to control you for Cypher Pulse stuff. But then uh, we finally see, like, the end of the two duels. Uh, yeah, duel Raizo finally beats Fukurokuju after this dumbass Metapod versus Metapod. Not dumb, it's not like dumb or whatever it's, it's just like holy fuck man like we really got that like that's really how you did it and it's like whatever man like it's just like you're just showing the will you know what i mean mm -hmm. paying homage to odin being like, odin took way more you know than than i'm taking right now so i can i can do this type shit like it was fine but it was just so like oh my god i can't believe this is their fight <laughs> and it, it outlasted lasted. like pretty much every other one <laughs> also something end. Something very small confirmed in this chapter on page uh, 1011 as well. Um, Brooke is with Robin still, not on the roof with Zoro. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was so like, the Grim so Reaper wasn't... thing is, yeah. uh, is not Brooke. Yeah, that's oh, wild. But then, like, they just also add... don't do anything with it. So it's like, damn. Like, when are we going to get that? A cliff. Yeah. yeah. Also, I will add, you know, like, in moments like these, people on the internet, please try and restrain yourself from just wanting to get your fucking actually moment, all right? Like, 
I don't know. I was having some conversations with people on social media platforms about this, and like somebody was like, "Oh, what's this? What's this screaming for shit? What could it mean?" And I'm like, jokingly, like, "Yeah, it's Brooke." Literally on Friday, a week and a half after I posted the comment, this same dude replies to me like, "Nope," and I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> wow. Now I know what the fucking part of the chapter is about." Like, oh just chill. no, don't spoil people just to get your fucking actually moment. You don't know if they read officials or not. Just chill. Just yeah, fucking wow. be right if you're right. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so sad. I'm so sorry that they did that to you. Well, yeah, okay. I was hot. Yeah. I'm like, you're so thirsty to be right on the internet. Just chill. Like, I calm did. down. Yeah, I, I, it's been a week like and that. a half. <laughs> you, the fact that you're even still thinking about me, like, why are you so fucking... Couldn't wait to come back and confirm Seriously, that. Seriously, <laughs> yo. I'm like, yo, chill, What a bro. bitch. So yeah, it is what it is. I thought I thought it could be funny if it was uh, Brooke, but it is potentially something that could uh, be a cool concept to delve well, yeah, into. Yeah, because like if I thought, get... yeah, I thought Brooke made the most sense, and it was just going to be a gag moment in the time. But I wanted it to be something else, so I'm happy that it's not Brooke right now. Because like whenever Oda gives us new shit in any form, I'm usually yeah. I'm usually excited for it. It's like I have no idea what that thing can be if it's not Brooke. So like I'm really excited to get that info. I'm like really surprised that. We just don't do anything with it in this chapter, and Zoro's just like laid out like Zoro's in his ethereal rock. form right now, fighting yeah. the Grim Reaper. I'm about to be the king of hell, bitch. You're my oh, fucking slave. Oh, whoa! What if it is like that, like mentally, like in his mind type shit right now, and Who he's knows? just like catatonic while he deals with that. But also, like the drug is probably just fucking him up, like plus the damage that he took. So like, <laughs> that can he's go going and... through it right yeah, now. He's on can... a bad acid trip, bro. Yeah. It's just a yeah. Terrible. Fever <laughs> he's on some fucking Hunter S. Thompson fear and loathing in Las Vegas <laughs> shit right now. Like he's eating the wrong kind of mushroom in the middle of Alaska. Yo, that's why he's not looking up because all all he sees is lizard people. <laughs> I mean... He's like, I'm gonna just stare at the ground right now. I'm gonna just keep my eyes closed, bro. <laughs> Oh man, that seems so epic. But yeah, okay. Um, the flow of action for like Big Mom punching through the basement, cracking open a single bomb, setting that off, and then the explosions melt the ice to create the water to free Rizo and put out the big dude. Yeah, and wow. then like her exit like allows the bombs to like fall through because like I genuinely was concerned of like how are they actually going to stop the time bomb yeah problem and i was like and how are they gonna get rid of it and i'm like all right cool i can see the explosion down on the ocean below that's awesome i was like yeah i always wondered about that so now it's just kaido and luffy now that's just point. isn't that just land down there where she oh. landed oh yeah i guess huh yeah because it's like, right outside the capital land right outside the capital yeah i guess i thought that was water too but now that i look at it it does look a little bit Less fluid, more rocky. And I also don't know that they... I think Rizo's still on fire. I think that's Fukuro Kujo yelling for water. Yeah, 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 you're totally right. I don't think he gets put out. Oh, rip. <laughs> <laughs> He's out Shanks of will have company in hell soon. Oh, oh no. Chill. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Shanks fanboy. Yeah, that's too savage. <laughs> Holy shit. The Koichi yeah, like, red flags, you know, I'm just like... Yeah, you're just I a find fucking Debbie Downer tonight. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I find it, ahead. too, that, like, really... It was just funny that, you know, what what was really the final nail in the coffin was just a little bit of that serendipity, right? Like, she's fallen down, 
She's like, mm, ah, like grabs a ledge and it just happens to be a fucking bomb that blows up in her face and now she's falling even more. Like if that wasn't a bomb, she's ah, catching herself and fucking mm, yeah. mm, mm, coming out that hole like, ah! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was just a little bit of that luck and serendipity on their part that, yeah. that, that finished it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that like feels, you know, that feels good too, though, because it's like I don't, I don't know, man, because it's like I d people have been just shitting on Big Mom for so yeah. long, and it's like this is what it fucking takes to, you know, to take her out, and she's like maybe like not even dead here, you know what I mean? Like I just like love this exit of for her in this arc, at least for right now, because it's like yeah, it feels good that Lawn Kid like pulled it out, but they still needed just a little bit more help to do it. You know what I mean? It's like they didn't just outright beat Big Mom even in a 2v1. They had to get a little little extra boost to like seal the deal. So it's like it doesn't take anything away from Big Mom and it doesn't take too much away from Law and Kid for me personally. So I like yeah. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Because like nope. because like Kid and Law like I, lo I love them and they're like strong as hell or whatever, but like I just did not see it. <laughs> no matter what they were saying and no matter what they were doing until like up until like the towards the end of this fight i was just like really they're gonna beat her i don't know <laughs> you know what i mean so it, it feels really good for me no creature on the brink of death is this powerful she's terrifying big mommy yeah mm. that dialogue yes. was chilling for me. Yes. that page mm -hmm. four dialogue they're like yo she is fucking repelling this laser keeping herself from falling. She's stealing all our fucking souls while she's doing this shit. Like, this bitch is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think she is my favorite Yonko now. It took a while. But I'm, I'm with you now, Eagle. Love, love Big Mom. Until we get this Kaido story. Then Kaido, probably. Kaido could take it after his writing. Kaido, man. All right. <laughs> nah, Kaido's good. Kaido's chilling. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's like yeah, one more know. scene, I think. I don't really have too much else for the chapter. But then this last scene is pretty crazy. Anything catch your eye, OG? No, that's pretty much it. Um, just this final scene was obviously a big cliffhanger. Yeah, and she, she got hit with that bomb, and like you can see on this top right panel on the last page, double spread, there's even like a couple little more like warheads that are falling above her. Oh. So when she hits that bottom, it's like boom, boom. That's why it's such a big explosion, because she got hit with like two, three more fucking bombs that landed on top of her. Yep. You think you hit the bottom? Well, here's a shovel. All right. Bunker buster shit, yo. <laughs> Oof. So Momonosuke detects Zunisha. Yep. Yeah. Let's Yamato know that Zunisha is very close. And they're like, what? The elephant from Odin's journal? And then he drops this fucking indeed, a companion of Joy Boy who committed a crime eight hundred years ago. Mm. Damn. So what the fuck crime can a giant ass elephant commit? That's just a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like got an island on its back like it's just living its best life like what the fuck yeah. could it really have done it's the island boy what, what maybe i'm just island boy i'm just trying to uh -oh. <laughs>
man. Nah, now I'm about to um, Photoshop those dreads on Zunisha. The next ooh. good panel that we get for her. Oh, I'm just Islandzo. I'm just trying <laughs> to walk. Oh no, <laughs> not Islandzo. Jesus. Man, I don't know. No, because, just... like, that's just a level of scale. Like, how do you classify? Like, I feel like it's just eating countries, right? Like, it's just eating small islands. I feel like that's what it did. And it's like, hey, you wiped out like a whole archipelago. And I was like, maybe. <laughs> I have to think it has to do with uh, somehow trespassing on whatever the world government. Like, they used. Zunisha to like trespass on the world government, something like that, and that oh, was oh sure, crime. yeah. It's probably some dumb world government, like yeah, like not even like real crime. It's just they've decided uh, you suck, <laughs> and so their, they're slandering uh, your shit. Yeah. Oh, you wanted to be their roaming base? Well, how about you roam for real, bitch? <laughs> yeah, it's like cause huh. look at look at Nico Robin. You know what I mean? Like her crimes yeah. and shit. You know, so yeah. If it's, it's like that, it's like it went through Area Fifty One. Yeah. And like walked right through it, and they're just like, "Sir, sir, we have to make an example of you." <laughs> Plus, Zunisha is so damn big. It's like it's like if she, if she wanted to do what what you're talking about, OG, like who's really going to be able to like stop her like that? So it's like easy to just label label it as a, a menace to society on some J Jonah Jameson shit. It's so big. <laughs> Who would doubt him? Yeah, it's like, well, we can't hey, stop this thing for real like that. It's kind of just this so This thing's big. a troublemaker. It one-shot yeah, Jack okay. and his whole fleet. Like, that's a really big problem. Yeah, it's just it's like... Fuck. I mean, what are you going to do? How do you deliver a court date to something that big? It's like, yeah. sorry, I never got your letter. I'm not showing up. Goodbye. Yeah, the motherfucker that has to serve that subpoena is just, like, shaking in their fucking <laughs> just boots. In his, like, uh, Mrs. Zunisha? Uh, oh, yeah, Zunisha's a girl, isn't it? I thought we knew that. Uh, Miss Zunisha. Excuse me, madam. Uh, yeah. We'd like to talk to you about your court date. Nah, dog. Yeah. Get lost. <laughs> just a little dingy. Floop. I don't even know if that's uh, legit. I've just been saying she for her for Zunisha this whole time. Well, in the in the anime, they had like a male voice. Ah, uh, sure. Hmm. Or ma or male or monster, like just big. Big uh, voice. It sounded like a deep male voice, oh, like sure. man voice. I can't Not to be like I, sexist, I sexist, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch the anime, so I have. I've never heard Zunisha's voice. I really do need to go back to the anime and watch all my favorite scenes, though. I should do that because I heard that shit is crazy right now hmm. in the anime. Uh, you know, for the sake of accuracy and respecting pronouns, if you do know Zunisha's gender, let us know in the comments. Yeah, it could also just like. Look it up real quick too. Eagle, isn't that what I you're doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is more fun that way when they pull up like, hey, I got the answer. Like, fuck yeah. Hey, this is your healthy, actually moment. Let's <laughs> go. Fully invited. You have yeah. the floor. Actually. Execution still matters though. <laughs> them actuallys be them actuallys be, be pretty sharp I will sometimes. Be trading you on style. <laughs> oh shit. One hurt. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else for One Piece tonight. Yeah, I don't know. I'm no. just trying to I, like honestly. I'm. Kind oh, were of you looking, looking up, that up? Yeah. I'm looking up stuff to try and tie Uranus into the end of this chapter. Or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I do remember you saying something about this. That's like something. Uranus could possibly yeah. control land animals in some way, and you know, utilize Joy Zanisha. Boys, Zanisha. I don't know. You know. Yeah, actually, that'd be actually a really apt thing, because, like, if Joy Boy used, like, used Poseidon, 
yeah. control Zanisha to like I don't know like uh, bulldozer man his way through the world government you know yeah. just like yeah. that concrete plated uh, kill dozer yeah just ran through a bunch of businesses yeah hmm. I think it could be something like that but I'm tapped my bag is runneth dry yeah, yeah I mean, and the wiki point, the I'm wiki says like... the wiki refers to Zanisha as it so I think we just oh, don't yeah. know so anyway sorry just wanted to throw um, that out there I don't know. At this point, I'm just like, Zunisha, like, it's time to talk. Yeah, for real. Like, cut it out. Just chill. Oda, come uh, on. Please, Oda, do not dangle this one forever. For 40 more like, chapters, Yeah, like, baby. can we get this one relatively soon? Like, I really... Like, by the end of the arc, for sure, I think we can be pretty confident. But, like, I want it a little sooner. Than... Fingers crossed. You know... I you know I know you said that the the One Piece wiki lists her Izumi says like an it, but I'm I'm like very compelled to say that Chopper at some point in the Zo arc, while he was like patching her up and yeah, shit, yeah. said that she was a girl. Yeah, I feel like I remember something like that, man. Damn. Mm. All right, all right, names. back to the comment section. Let us know if you find something like that. Yeah. Down below. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, I don't know. That about does it for me, Woody, but what about you guys? I'm good. All right, well, that will do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Shonen, why don't you take a minute to kind of tell everybody out there what it is you do and, and where they can find you at and stuff. Excuse me. So if you didn't notice, I like my fair share of Dr. Stone. So yeah. you can go to the channel for that. Uh, this week, you can expect um, my thoughts on this particular theory as compared to the other theories that people had. Um, but if Dr. Stone isn't your slice of pie, I've been doing more and more Eden Zero videos. So if you like Knox's Eden Zero streams and catch up, definitely check out my channel. I just did a video on Shura, one of the most hyped villains ever. And next, I'm going to be doing a video on a place in the world of Eden Zero that has been alluded to a number of times uh -oh. and i'm gonna answer the question of will we actually go there and that's, that's so everything cool. i have oh, yeah. dude. thanks for joining us bro Fuck yes thank you so much for coming on the show again we always love having you on you're uh you just bring great discussion points especially to the dr stone conversation dr. Stone, but not man. only Bussy. that you yeah. know all the discussions are right with you here man so oh, yeah. thank you be sure to slap a like on this video if you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the channel as well to get more fire-ass weekly content. As we said, please hit us up in the comment section down below and answer some of our questions. And you know what I'm saying? Get your actually moments in. <laughs> and while you're down there, um, take a look in that description box where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts, online communities such as Discord, um, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as ways to support the show like our um, online store or our Patreon. And while you're down there, you can find any and all links affiliated with Shonen OG as well. Like we said before, you can you know check check out what he does, where he's at, give him a follow, give him you know a subscription, all that. And with that being said, this will be another stupendous episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Wrapping up, I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. And Meliettis. Shonen OG. Peace!